ish. Can I drink without making? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You happy with that? Could you hear that? No. Okay. Every week, Tim and Fab have this moment where they realise the Veridesks are a touch too high. <sighs> no hello, hello and welcome? No, because it's just like, I just love how you guys, every week you do it, I just wait for it. You do, every week it's this moment of, we'll just wait till we're going until we realise these desks are too high. We've been in the room for half an hour. <laughs> hello, hello. It's the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast. Brought to you as always by 121 Media and MGA. I'm Sean Peter Bunch. I'm joined by Timbo Slice. Tim. How are you? Well, Sean, I'm very, very well. Very, very happy that we got through our weekend uh, and came out the other side the way that we wanted to. And uh, and it's a, there's a bit of a wind of change at Carlton, I thought. there was um, It was strategy over individuals this week, I thought. And I thought oh, I was quite happy that we showed something. We've shown it a little bit this year, but I, I thought Friday night especially was... Less about individuals, a bit more of an anonymous performance, and I thought strategy held the day. So, how are you going to? <laughs> we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping away from personal stuff this week. It's yeah. uh, it's been a tumultuous couple of weeks oh. um, for reasons that I don't think I'm going to go into. But uh, you know my rule, Tim. What you open, you must divulge. Or no, quite the opposite. <laughs> keep Sean the pod does light. Not give a shit. No, no, doesn't no, give a no, shit. No, I love no, how Sean's, no, Sean's thing is no. keep the pod light. Yet our, one of our like core elements of the pod is to talk about who's dead. Well, yes, but these people died. Dope. These people died years ago. Not all. We're not breaking news. No, no. The rule is keep the pod light. We don't need to take, you know, especially in the opener. Yeah. Johnny Raincloud can that's come later. later. That's in the later part. You can maybe share what you want there. What have you made about these stolen Veridesks that uh, Fab has? <laughs> well, they're not broken, unlike the chair that you've been uh, progressively destroying. Which I'm absolutely mortified. I'm being pinned on having destroyed this flimsy wooden chair that came from like a fantastic furniture. It's apparently my fault that it's breaking, despite the fact that it's been breaking... For years. It's been breaking because you lean on it. You're a chief protagonist. I like it how I'm the one here with all the gear. I'm sitting here. I've got the worst desk space and I've also got the worst seat in the joint. You actually don't have desk space. No, this is a, this is a, this is a chest. Cupboard. This is a chest of drawers that I'm sitting on perched with all my stuff. Uh, that is, of course, the big Faber Ganoush you can hear. Not providing me an adequate workspace, but that's fine. And you've finally seen Top Gun. I have. Ciao ragazzi. Saw it on Saturday night. Did you and the Dahl doll yourself up? Go to gold class. We went to gold class. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know the experience, Timbo. It's overpriced. It's the worst screen in the joint. Terrible sound. The house lights stay on throughout the whole film. People are walking in with canapes. You know the one. Did Cole Cheney's brother make an appearance? Cole Cheney's... Aaron. Aaron Cheney. No, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Cheney. Absolutely horrendous. It's horrendous, but I, but I love it. It's um, almost reportable. <laughs> um, That's a I, I was crime. disappointed that the spring rolls with the... Uh, Burnt your face off? The lettuce and the hoisin sauce. No, it wasn't available. What? So we go to the pick five. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, Kelly gets two. Yeah. And I get <laughs> Why don't you just buy a shitty party mix from Coles mm. beforehand mm. and just have it at home mm. and then go and see the film on a good screen? We had fun. We went yeah, but because you, you're both bogans and you like the dress up, dolled up, you know, glammed up experience I, I, at gold I class. I think you'll find there'll be a lot of people going. No, someone, like someone tweeted us actually and said, "Finally, someone said it." <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. He said, "Because gold us class normal people who like gold class aren't going to be bothered tweeting about it. We just, we just go. It's full cinema." I, I, I like that you have your way. There's 16 seats. What do you mean it's a full <laughs> cinema? It's not 16 seats. How many seats? That? Oh, what? Be so we're, we, we're row E. Yeah, so we're row E. So there's five rows. Of five, five. Four, <laughs> or six seats. Six. Five rows of eight. Five rows of eight. Five eight to 40, Tim, uh, Sean. Yeah, my name's Sean. Yeah, so what about the, the VMAX cinema, which has got like hundreds of seats? Why do I care? I only need one. So why did you bring it up? You're the one that brought up the number of full house. No, but it was a full house. That means people like it. I'm not the... I wasn't like... It was That's in like a, saying that North Melbourne sold out Etihad when they closed the top two tiers off. <laughs> Yeah, there's actually hundreds and fucking thousands of empty seats. Poor guys. But you're like, oh. did he? Oh, is he on the Gold he, Coast? No, 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 he's not on the Gold Coast. Yeah, he's going to as many games as possible. Why? Poor, I don't know. Poor yeah. kid. <laughs> so, I mean, what did you make of it? You said you liked the movie? Loved the movie. I mean, how much better would it have been if you saw it in a good cinema? I know better. But, um, you know, I really enjoyed it. And actually, the, the description that best fits it, I'm going to give the credit purely to Tim. Timbo said it was like catching up with an old mate. And it was. Felt good. Old mate Mav. Yeah. <laughs> I just still, I loved Penny Benjamin and geez, Jennifer Connolly's hair looks amazing. She did it for me. She did it for me a lot. She's done it for you for a while though. Uh, yeah, I've always been a Jennifer Connolly fan. I thought she was at her absolute peak in uh, The Rocketeer. You, you've always been a Rocketeer. 91. Yep. Early Jennifer. It's not the never ending story. What's the one where she's in? Legend. That was Mia Sarah. Um... um. Around that time, goblins and stuff. Um, people are going to be screaming at us. Dark Crystal? No. No. What people are going to be screaming at us? This is annoying. Someone the one, the one with up. David Bowie. Yeah. Um, Magic Dance. No, Labyrinth. No, Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah. Labyrinth. There it is. Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. They <laughs> there would be people <laughs> driving off the road going, just fucking say yeah. it. Yeah. I never got it. I didn't, didn't ever really like Labyrinth. Nah. Whereas Kelly grew up with it. I had like Return to Oz vibes. You're like, this is just creepy and weird. Turned to Aussie is creepy and weird. Yeah, it's like, why did you make this? Yeah. But I think, you know, Fab and I have been speaking the last couple of days. We're going to have a little diversion here for a moment. But so Top Gun Maverick is amazing for all the reasons its contemporary legacy reboot sequels aren't. Yep. It's because it actually respects the characters and the films that have come before and the films like the handling of like Iceman, brilliant. Their relationship, brilliant. Still giving Mav some utility, brilliant. He's not a beaten down loser. Yep. Like, it's just, you watch all these other shows and you go, so I saw Jurassic World Dominion on Thursday. Yep. And you just went. There was a stage in the pod where you and Tim spoke about Jurassic Park every episode. It's a great, it's a great franchise. And I don't think it is a great franchise. It had the potential to be a great franchise. I think there's one really good movie. Yeah. What, the first? The first one. The second one's sort of okay. It's just King Kong. The third one is sort of okay. It's like a doled up telly movie. Jurassic World is, or was, I should say, inexplicably financially successful. Like, just made $1.6 billion. I don't think they, it was at one point, it had the biggest opening of all time. I don't think anyone understood how or why. It was, it was okay. The next one's actually not bad. 
because at least it did some different stuff. Yep. And then this last one is just like, whoa. But as you say, it's so unrealistic now because all the dinosaurs are out and just... I haven't seen it, so... You can't, Tim. You know what annoyed me about sitting there watching the movie? We can't be living in a world where these dinosaurs are just roaming around. And they're like, no, nah, it's great. They're back a part of the ecosystem. You know, they would destroy the say, ecosystem. Food, food chain. There were like pterodactyls nesting on top of the World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah, and everyone was yeah. like, this is great. They'd be killing people yeah, yeah. every day. Yeah. They're snatching people down in the street. And you're going, this, this can't be allowed to continue to happen. Like, we would need to, they would need to be euthanized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not even a debate, but the film's like, this is terrific. Yeah. Like, no, it's it's horrible reality. <laughs> this is horror. You've got this <laughs> completely the wrong way. The one thing I will say about Jurassic World Dominion... Does it look good? Uh, I mean, it doesn't look bad. Okay. It doesn't look amazing. But that was always the thing. The fact that what you could do with the technology that you had to bring them back, to justify it, to have it on a big screen. I think... It was just fun. It was yeah, but it's at a point now where it doesn't amaze... Like, the first one... yeah, yeah. Blew everybody. People don't understand. Away. If you weren't alive in 1993, you got or, or no you weren't idea. of age, you no, weren't. Yeah. You got no idea nah. how oh. big a how big a deal. When that you film saw was. that at the cinema, you went, "What the hell yeah. am I watching?" Look, I, and I will still say the um, the circles in the glass of water from the yeah. the in, footsteps. You know how they did that. How did they? So one that? of the great movie magic moments because they were like, "We want this thing, but how do we get them? How do we how do we get them a on cue in a way? How do we get them looking good?" And it was a real technical problem to try to achieve because they couldn't do it with special effects, digital effects. That would cost would have cost twenty million dollars. A subwoofer. Um, no, they a guy sat under the dashboard where they had the thing, and he plucked a guitar string against the bottom of the cup. So he right? pulled a guitar string back, and when it hit the bottom of the dashboard of the set, mm. it obviously they could place it exactly in the middle of the glass or yep. the cup of water, and it created the perfect circle. Circle. So he would pluck the guitar string against the bottom. Remarkable. I love but that movie magic stuff. I probably told the one on pod before about Star Trek, which is just one of my favourites of all time. You know, the J.J. The Abrams, the first of the remakes, or the reboots, where they're falling from the spaceship through the atmosphere onto the platform and they're going to destroy the drill that's destroying the planet. Anyway, so they're doing a free fall through the atmosphere and they've got these tight close-ups of their faces. They just had them stand on a mirror. Wow. So they had a mirror in the car park and the actors just stood on it, looked up, the camera was above them, so the mirror is reflecting the sky behind them, and they just shook the camera. <laughs> and you just went, this is brilliant. This is so if it, clever. If it works. It's <laughs> so clever. But yeah, Jurassic World, everything that was great about Top Gun and why Top Gun was amazing, because it respected the characters and the lore and why the audience relates to it. Star Wars is the same. We don't want to get into that. That'll be a fucking hour-long conversation. But everything that it did well, nothing else does well. Yeah. And there's a reason why people around the world are loving this movie. People of our generation, if you haven't seen it, go go and see it. Yeah. Because you're just guaranteed to go for it. Just amazing. Yeah. If you loved it, then you love it now. That's simplicity. Have you been watching my man, Mr. Robothead? I <laughs> deep dive last night. Um, He's very good. Threw it up on YouTube. There was not much. I went to watch the Grand Prix and Ferrari just went bang, bang. Out, so I went, no, nah, bugger this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Robot head it is. What a shame. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I went to... I watched all the Star Wars-related videos. He's a, He's got this thing where he's an, he's an Aussie. You'd be like, I think he might say, be from Melbourne. Like, yeah, I was going to say, he could, I love his Aussie accent. He, he plays it up. It's a, it's a bit of a character. Yeah. And he deconstructs all these things. And he, he, he was, he's very, very good. He calls a spade a spade. I love that. My, my favourite point of the recent one was he was talking about Obi-Wan and he said... 
and I think this is true of a lot of things, Carlton included. Fab and I have spoken about this. Thank you for the segue. <laughs> throw throw <laughs> no, it but, in there. But, but this is the reason I bring it up. Who and, he said, and he said, so when talking about or criticising things or having a critical conversation, it doesn't need to be baseless. It doesn't need to be overly negative or cynical or whatever. Because if you've got points that are worth making, well, make them. Make them. And the point he made was there are two types of fans at the moment and he was relating it to popular culture, Star Wars, said the type of fan who loves what the property is, loves the characters, loves the story, loves the hero's journey of Luke, loves the redemption arc of Vader, loves Obi-Wan's journey, all that kind of stuff. They love all the moments. means something to them. And then there are those who just love the brand. And it doesn't matter what the brand does, what the brand releases, what it looks like, what it means, what it says about the text... It just the fact that it exists is enough yep. and it's amazing because it exists. They don't have to worry about honouring the past, just give me the now. Just give me the now and he goes, so for them, scenes play out as isolated individual events that bear no no meaning to what has come before or what is coming next. Nothing matters, story doesn't matter. And I was like, that can be a bit the same sometimes with Carlton where we engage with certain people. Most of our listeners are outstanding and appreciate you know, where we're coming from and what we're saying. But there are some that, oh, if you dare, oh, if you dare question something or anything, mm. they know best. They're making the right calls. Like we were talking this week about the injuries and Mackay and Marchbank and those guys playing. At no point were we saying that, oh, Caleb Marchbank playing, he's going to do his knee again. Yep. It's the fact that he hasn't played in three years. Mm. He's played four quarters of footy. This is not the ideal prep. Yeah. We're playing a big game. Jeez, this is a risk throwing this guy in. He doesn't have Weedering there. And the fact that they played him without playing dirt and having brought him in to do a yeah, role, yeah. There, was a, there was enough of a question mark saying, okay, well, is this the right call? Because and then you had Harry, of course, was the other one. You're yep. kind of going, geez, if he's right, fantastic. Geez, he looked good. But the thing, you go, geez, if he's right, to go, great. Yep. Yep. But this is where fans, again, you go, didn't you say like four weeks ago that it was a six to seven or six to eight week injury? Mm. Okay, so what's happened? Jesus, I mean... Under promise, over deliver. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's you know once again criticizing, and it's the all's well that ends well philosophy that a lot of fans have, and I think that's what is going on really in all sorts of commentary online at the moment. Is I think people get too betrothed to oh, well, I love the Carlton Football Club, therefore everything the Carlton Football Club does is amazing, and, yep. and everything they're doing is amazing, and everything's perfect, which isn't always the case. Well, you can get desperate, and you can go. We've got some really hard games coming up. So if we have Essendon, we have to win it. So therefore, are we prepared to take a risk to make sure that we get the W that we needed? And in the end, we were okay. And the guys that came in performed and stood up and it was great. But it's reasonable to say prior, without knowing, geez, have we done the right thing here? We're going to talk about that. Uh, ratings and reviews, we always love these. We've got one this week, which is good. Um, a couple of weeks there, we're getting fours and fives, and that's amazing. But got to read them all out. Uh, Jim Sunny left this one five stars. Not all hurdles reach the sea. Um, excellent semi-focused blues podcast, semi-focused. providing well-balanced views rather than sycophantic fanboys. It's a little bit what we've been talking about. Also, sound medical advice. Re AC joints from Doctor Davis. Keep up the good work. Fab is my spirit animal, and I do feel for Sean trying to steer the pod, which I could only imagine feels like a man using a bucket to save the Titanic. That's exactly right. Just depends how big the bucket is. That's quite exactly a good right. review, actually. It's one of those kids' buckets that comes with the, the, the seashell sandbox. They've got holes in them. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, Prenda DJ, last round, we obviously went with uh, When the Going Gets Tough, Billy Ocean, uh, Adrian, 
uh, your man. I want to say your surname? Ooh, Salerno. Salerno. He can't do it, don't no, make I'm just, I'm just making him go real Sean can't, Italian. Ca- Sean can't roll. Salerno. Yeah, exactly I just right. did it right there. There was no roll. There was no roll. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you may Salerno. think you're rolling. You Salerno. Salerno. Oh, oh, he can speak English <laughs> with a slight Italian accent. Great. You're an idiot. Um, <laughs> easy one this week. Uh, going gets tough. We pick ourselves up and kick on. Correct. Tim W got it. Um, he'd actually tweeted himself and kind of requoted it because he kind of inadvertently had got the theme of the song before even listening to it. Uh, we're going to need to fight through our injury adversity over the next six weeks. But with this re- resilient new Carlton outfit, we are up for the fight. Very true. Correct, Tim. Yep. Um, just into an overview now of the game on the weekend, the Friday night, of course. These public holidays always throw me for a loop. Don't know what day it is. Mm. Um, one of the credos, Fabian, of uh, Elvis Presley and his entourage, known as, do you know what the entourage was known as? No. Do you know, Timbo? The Jordan Airs? The Jordan Airs. <laughs> Elvis Presley, the well, Jordan that, Airs. Well, that was the band. No, the entourage, like he's no, surrounded through the Memphis Mafia. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were bound by the, the Air Jordans. The Air Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> the Jordan Twos. You do know that that's the yeah. yeah. Do, do you? No, no. I was going to say you don't sound like you do. <laughs> they were bound by the credo TCB Fab. What did TCB stand for? Tuberculosis. Uh, I don't know. That would be TBC, not TCB. Timbo TCB. Uh, tough, no, courageous. No, shut up. Brave, no, brave. <laughs> no, taking care of business. Ah, yeah. You would have seen that on all the promotional stuff for Elvis TCB. Taking care of business. Here we go. You didn't know that. I'd not seen it. Kelly's worried about Elvis. I think it'll either be a, like really good or complete disaster. The, the preview came on while we're at Maverick, and it was just it's started, overwhelming. She started, she started worrying. She, why is he shaking like something good? That's what the yeah, whole I know, but it's, she goes, it just looks overboard. Everything's going to be... Oh, it's Baz Luhrmann. It's, he's not known for subtlety. And I'm going to hold judgment on Tom Hanks's accent. They, it looks like... It's going to be a Dutch accent. They should have got Louis van Gaal to play. <laughs> to play Colonel Tom. He looks similar. <laughs> that would have been interesting. He would have called Elvis Mike Smalley. <laughs> but the point was, we're at the stage of the season... Michael Presley. <laughs> where That was amazing. It wasn't as good as when David Moyes was on the when he was managing. Um, was it Real Sociedad? Adam Endy. Adam Endy. No, he was, he was managing Real Sociedad, and he was out on the touchline, and they had footage of him going Stefano, Stefano, and then the caption came up: "There isn't a player named Stefano." It's <laughs> <laughs> like who? What? Do you remember his press conference when he said, uh, yeah, I, "I've ooh, seen the I've ooh, seen uh, the B team uh, dos tres cuatro <laughs> Times? <laughs> <laughs> Just get an interpreter. Oh, Moise. Moise. Sat in his chair, sulking. Uh, so taking care of business, back to that. Um, we've got a responsibility to do one thing at the moment. It's just win games of football. Yep, yep. We don't have a responsibility, you know, to entertain neutrals sitting at home on the couch wanting us to, you know, get them by another lonely Friday night. Go, the whole point is we have to go out there and win, and as the prog- season progresses, we've got ourselves into nine and three, which is fantastic. Eight and four, we'd be a bit uncomfortable. We'd be looking over our shoulder. Um, but with each passing week, we're just being able to tick off another result, another important four points, insulate us against the kind of failure that, you know, with the injuries, 
looked like it was becoming a serious concern. And I suppose, Fab, on Friday night we played a pumped-up opponent, old rival, huge night for them. I felt a bit like we are better, so be better. Yep. And in the end, it was a professional win. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, that's exactly what it was. We just got the job done. We were never really tested. We kind of kept them two goal, like a, like a two goal lead at all times, and just kind of kept them at bay. And once the lead stretched out, it was kind of never in doubt. Someone said, I think it's the first... For them to attack, they needed to... Like, if they were legitimately trying to win and not defending to not get blown away, which is what it kind of started to feel like, if they opened up, we would have smacked them going the other way. That's right. We've got to talk about this a little bit. But I think someone... I saw this stat. I don't know how correct it is. It's the first time we've beaten them three on the bounce for something like 25 years. Oh, way. I think, too, that in a way kind of speaks to just the nature of the rivalry as well, is that it is difficult to string periods or years of four or five or six you think about that that's a minimum probably four years of being unbeaten against an opponent and when there's so much on the line and so much history between the pair I think it is difficult to to do that mm-hmm. um, but I thought I think the other good stat actually which I've got noted here is sort of apropos of nothing else this is the most games we've won in a season since 2013 that's amazing really we've played 12 games <laughs> so you go this is why the rules for us, Tim, have changed. And the goalposts have shifted from, oh, geez, after 12 rounds, geez, where do you want to be? Yeah. To, no, where do we need to be after 16? Which is good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like everyone, I, I lament that we don't have more percentage than what we have. However, when you look at the win-loss, you can't help but be impressed. And what would you rather be, Tim? Would you rather be seven and five with a percentage of one hundred and thirty-five? Yeah, exactly right. Mm. It's all about you know maintaining an even keel. Um, so I, th- I think ultimately for us, it's it's this idea. I, I love some of the stuff. We're going to talk about the last quarter. I've got a point to make, which I've been holding since Friday night. I've, I've built this up oh, on wait. Twitter. It, it'd uh, want to be good. I think it's good. I don't know if it's waiting three days to good, but um, keeping it under lock and key for three days, but. I think it's an interesting perspective. Um, the next note I've got here is Michael Voss, and I've got to say that the misgivings that we shared about him after his appointment, while fully supportive, we we're all fully supportive and hopeful that Jesus is the right appointment, as you are with every single appointment the footy club makes. You know, you always hope it's going to be a success. It's slowly receding, and it's for one very, very important reason. I love how deliberate he is at the moment. He's got a singular focus and, you know, he, he uses, he delegates, so people around him help him out. But he's got a singular po- uh, focus at the moment and he feels like he's the closest thing to a, and we've spoken about this, Fab, a manager, which is yep. the model everywhere else in the world. If you think about the way that head coaches operate in the basketball, in soccer, in the NFL. Particularly the NFL. You're a manager. Yeah. Yeah? He's the closest thing we've had to that since Parco. So, I mean, ultimately, how do you feel 12 games in, his demeanour, his messaging, not so much even the results as such, but just how is this relationship playing out 12 games in? Well, he knows what he's trying to communicate internally and externally. He, he, he knows what he wants. He's deliberate about how to go about it. Um, there is strategy behind everything that he does. And more than... Any other bloke I reckon I've seen in the media, when he rocks up to a press conference, he has a message he's wanting to get across and it is reflective of 
wider Carlton and not what do you think about you, Vossi, or anything else like that. It's just all Carlton, it's all success, it's all progression, it's all development, it's all where are we heading and what do we want to be. And, and as I've always said, I have a very strange relationship with Michael Voss because of what the sliding doors perspective. I just want to, on the record that Tim has no relationship with Michael Voss. <laughs> Nor a medical degree. He's got, he's got a strange relationship with the idea of yeah, Michael Voss. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, and I'm... I have to say I'm delighted with what he has been able to do to date. Yep. I just think we've spoken in the past that you know clubs are are a reflection of their coach and their coach effectively is responsible for you know putting his DNA into the football club and more than the football it, program. And he has done that really really well. And really quickly. Really quickly, yeah. Um and look We've always said that this was a really plum gig for anyone with their head screwed onto their shoulders. Correct. So he obviously recognised that. And I want to note too, Fab, that the manager role or assuming that manager role, it isn't an abdication abdication of responsibility. It's actually recognising that the role is bigger than it ever has been before. And you manage the football club, the football department, the football side of the business holistically. In a lot of ways, it's actually akin to like the producer on a movie. And, and this is, if you bear with me for a minute here, like the producer hires a scriptwriter. So who are you getting? Does, does that person understand the genre? Does he understand the characters? Do they know what they're doing? Do they know what story they're trying to tell? What themes they're trying to tell? How well can they do that? You hire a director to bring that to life and work with the actors to get it out. Um, you get a great cinematographer, someone who understands the genre, who understands tone and understands the look and feel and how they're going to... You know, bring that together. That person then brings in gaffers and lighters and whatnot to work with to bring that all together. You get a production designer who has to conceptualise it all and bring it to life in terms of sets and costuming and whatever. So everyone works towards what's this vision, what's this shared collective vision, but who is shepherding it? Who is the one that is the boss that they come to with a question, oh, what are we doing here, what are we doing here, how are we doing this? In fairness, you could argue that Brad Lloyd is almost a producer as the head of the footy department. But the point is, Vossi sits at the top and everyone reports to him. All chains go up to him, all reporting lines go to him. And then it's his responsibility to go, that's good, you're doing well. No, and that's not quite where it needs to be. That's not what we want to be, what we want to be doing. We need to be doing this now so that in six weeks we're here. So I think that ultimately for us, for all the reasons Teague didn't work, Fab, Vossi is working. Teague was indecisive. His body language, his language itself, nothing about what he said or did or how he conducted himself was reassuring. Could also have been circumstance too. Once once your job is on the line and your opportunity, your career is on the line, it's hard to delegate. It's hard to kind of say, I need this to work. You need to recognise sooner than that, don't you? Okay, I'll give it to Tim. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you... Everyone trusts themselves because I know what I want, so therefore I'll do it, even though Tim can do it better. But Teague had a problem for a reason. In what sense? Well, he hadn't taken the club to where it needed to be. He wasn't a strong enough leader. Yeah. Mm. He wasn't a commanding enough force, a loud enough voice. Yeah. And, and, and he let them get away with too much because he was too soft. And nothing he did or said imbued either the group or the club with... Any confidence. Yeah. You know, a lot was made of his bake post-Adelaide in 2020 and the players not responding to that well. Mm. Um, contrast that with Friday night. Yep. 
We're standing but, around but, the huddle at three-quarter time. Can, have you seen the footage? What, what are all the players doing as Vossi's given them a bit of a serve? Eyes on completely. They're nodding. Yeah. They're all nodding. They're all going, yeah. And do you reckon... What was the ma- was the major message, Cripper? Why why are you going on your left foot through the middle of the ground when you got players? Well, hold on, I've actually got I've actually prepared something. This is a this is a clip from Vossi's press conference. Are you ready? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the eyes, Tim. Are you ready? Yes, yes. Yeah. Are you ready for? Oh, when I hear it through the through the tens, mate, I know. Yeah. I'll, yeah. So your frustration was sort of more about how you were playing rather than you know blowing the scoreboard right out. Absolutely, um, and that's really what we only ever talk about is what's our way and. Um, the scoreboard becomes irrelevant um, because um, we, we take greater pride in um, how we get ourselves into those positions, and um, you know, and that's that's something that's been a really strong emphasis for us for the first half of the season, and will continue to be. Um, so I don't, I don't see any limits on what this group can do. Um, clearly, there's capacity in this group to um, to do something pretty good, but um, you know, we've got to stay at it for longer. And um, you know, at, at times we just have patches where we. We stray for that when we put ourselves in, in really strong positions. How refreshing is that? He was asked a question about, oh, you know, because it was obviously, he knows the cameras are on at three-quarter yep. time and they're, you know, we're 28 points up. We're looking relatively comfortable. We had a scratchy sort of last 15 minutes of the quarter for a few different reasons. He's not liking what he's seeing. He's addressed it directly. And then in the post-match, there's this always this unrepentant, no, well, I did it for a reason. I did it because yeah. that's not what we... We've agreed, or how we've agreed to play. How but, but he didn't. But he didn't throw an individual under the bus. No, because it wasn't said, an individual thing. Process. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so good. The thing is, but David Teague pulled the trigger too late. Well, 100%. he did exactly, and he so, did it after the game too. No, it was half time. Was it half time? Yeah, half time. Because oh, okay. unfortunately, they. You know, we're, we're, we're allowed, we're allowed to have there. the footage in for a certain amount of time, but the audio is going to be cut off. But Foxtel left the audio on, and that's how it got out that it was a spray because you don't actually see him; you just hear. Him going absolutely off his chops, but yep. it's too late. Yeah. Like Vossi's done it three quarter time while we're leading. Yeah. And about to sit and clearly nine already, and three or whatever we are. Well, clearly they've already spoken about different elements of that performance as well throughout the season. Mm. Yeah. We've agreed we want to play this way and we're not doing it. This is not acceptable. Well, that's it. And that's this idea too where Vossi's been there. He's enjoyed success. And I think that without wanting to diminish this isn't a David Teague problem, this is a Ben Rutten's got it at the moment. Doesn't he? When you look at Vossi, and if you're standing in that huddle and you're looking at him and he's telling you this isn't how you win, this isn't how you be successful, you're going, yeah, you'd know. Yeah. Whereas you look at it, someone like Teague and you're going, Bolton. Yeah. Britain. Yeah. The message falls on deaf ears. Yeah. Because the lived experience doesn't, I think, marry up to well, what you're asking me to do or whatever. Going, oh, does it work? Well, the bottom line is, the message is, You've done enough tonight to get you into a position where we will win the game. But that style of footy and carrying yourself this way over our next month is not going to cut the mustard and we need to be better than this. Yep. And now's your time to correct it. And and rather than allowing it to play out over two quarters yeah. and it giving them a bake, yep. it's, no, it's been 15 minutes. That's yes, 15 minutes too much. It's bring it back to centre and let's make yep. sure we move forward together. As we tell Harvey, get to green zone. <laughs> tell Harvey. Bloody or blada by the Beatles. It is. In the worst kind of way. She sits on her ass, he works his hands through the bone. Oh, what a cheer. This is 98. Yeah. 
later. Americana. Was the one after America. No, it was Americana. Americana. This is Pretty Fly for a White Guy. I will pay What a tune, Timbo. What a tune. Why did we play that tune? Because the blues are back, baby. Oh, Kareem. <laughs> Let me the... tell you about the other friend now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with the skyhook. Kareem. They, they changed so quickly, Offspring, from being a very punk-ish type. Well, they just got a bit more but, commercial they got sound. very Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got that's, a whiff of commercial success and said, well, we, we like cash. That's yeah. where the cash money is. <laughs> You're not making cash money selling cassettes out of your boot at Tower Records. <laughs> if the Baja men can make money, <laughs> we can make money. Because <laughs> I think we're doing this music thing all wrong. How about we make music people want to listen to? I mean, they had, you know, the kids were alright. That was before that. That was, a, that was a good tune. But it was a little, a tiny bit sort of edgier, punkier. Yeah. But they all did that. They all, all went through that. You know, Blink-182 obviously did it, where they rode the crest of the wave. Green Day did it. Yeah, yeah. They found that commercial success. Again, I like it when fans, like, begrudge that. No, you're that's like, right. <laughs> no. Yeah. What, other people are listening to them? Yeah, mate, if other people don't listen to them, they won't popular- make any more, any more yeah. music. That's how popular music works. Uh, my next point, of course, here is the last quarter itself. So I've already quoted the Memphis Mafia, TCB, uh, which no one was aware of, which was a surprise. TCB is like emblazoned on Elvis, like everywhere. Weird, whatever. I'll look for it now. Yeah, you'll see it now. You'll be like, oh, TCB, there it so is. They cannot see it anymore. Uh, I'm now going to quote uh, Al Davis, who I might have already quoted once before. From the Oakland Raiders. The legendary Oakland wow, Raiders man. <laughs> his, what was his famous catch cry, Timbo? I need a haircut. Don't know, tell me. Just win, baby. All right, yeah. yeah. Uh, play ugly and win beautifully. Well, what do we want to do? Would we play ugly and, and win the game, or do we want to lose the game beautifully? Just win, baby. Just win. I love the last quarter. This is the point I was not making on pod and have made people wait four days for. I loved it, and I love the idea of saving it for pod to have a discussion with you two about it, so hopefully it's worth the wait. The last quarter went 45, uh, sorry, 24-45. Yep. 24 and three, like yep. really short. That's yep. unbelievably short last quarter. So the Bombers went tall. They went with two recognised rucks. They went with a couple of big forwards, obviously hoping to exploit 666 without Jacob Wietering being there. Um, you know, we're clearly more vulnerable with Wieters not there. So if we can get the ball in quickly and isolate their defenders in one-on-ones or, you know, that, that we can, I think we can do this. And that would have been the Bombers' rationale all week. At three-quarter time, even though we were 20 points up, we were getting smacked at centre bounce. Correct. It was like 12 to 2 or something. It was crazy, yeah. 12 to 3. It was like we were getting smacked, absolutely carved up. The last thing we want is a shootout in the last quarter with 8, 9, 10 centre bounces. Because if there are 8, 9, 10 centre bounces, we're losing 8 of them. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And the ball's coming in hot. The ball's coming into the, the, the defence. Essendon have got their tails up. If we're kicking the goals, that's fine. But if it's getting a bit tight and the ball's going back to the middle time and time and time and time again, we're in danger. Yep, That's yep. a serious problem. So the idea the, uh, that we completely slowed the game down, we completely embraced the conditions, we made it a ground war, we shortened the quarter, we played a style of football that gave them zero chance of kicking five goals. And it started raining. But we gave them no chance of kicking five goals. Correct, correct. Because your best avenue to goal is centre bounce. And we almost just went, there's going to be two goals kicked in this quarter, maybe. And there were none. Yeah. They're going, there might be two goals kicked. 
we're not going to give you the chance to get the ball back to the middle, mm. to get the centre clearance, to get it forward in 666. It's just not going to happen. We didn't do a two-minute drill. We did a 20-minute drill yep. of just saying, this quarter is going to go 25 minutes. Yep. You aren't going to have the time on the clock or the opportunity from centre bounds to score five goals. That's right. And whether that was an absolute directive kind of thing to go, this is how, I don't think they said we wanted to be a goalless last quarter. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that completely suited us. Absolutely. We don't need goals. <laughs> we got them. We got them. <laughs> we don't need them. You, know, yeah. you need five of them, and we're going to give you 25 minutes to kick them. Going, of which you only kick seven for the night. You only kick seven for the night. And more than that, going, if that's the way the game's played, we actually might, we did have, <clears throat> we had a couple chances ourselves to kick goals, which we spurned for you know, different reasons. But I just loved it because you mentioned it earlier, Timbo, tactically. We won the game playing a completely different style of football in the last where we just choked the life out of it. Correct. We had him on the mat in a, just a chokehold. It's like a wrestler. had him in a rest hold. Yeah. We're just going to lie in the middle of the ring for 20 minutes, in a, having him in a headlock. <laughs> Your fans aren't going to like it. But, but it's going to get me the win. Yeah, it's the thing is you didn't have to do it for twenty minutes either. But you do it for fifteen, and then they all of a the sudden game's go, over. the game's over. It's either they go, they look at the clock in the they either look box. at it and go, okay, it's over, and we defend what we have and don't get blown out, or they go throw caution to the wind and change everything, in which then it opens up and it suits us even, even more. more. You so just, you just have them look in in the coach's box. Ball gets bounced. Don't conceive for the first 10 minutes. Ball, that's, that's, that's all it, it is. Ball gets Just bounced, it's 20 minutes. We spoke against Sydney. The same thing. Where yeah. I looked at the clock and there was 10 minutes on the on the clock, the scoreboard, and there was 11.15 on the game clock. And I said to Dad, I go, this is perfect. Yeah. Go, the quarter's half done. Yeah. Goes 10 minutes on the clock. Go, the coach's box, most of the people in the crowd probably don't know that, but the coach's box is sitting there going, we've made no headway. Yeah. And we're half the, half the quarter's gone. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like you said, it puts the ball in their court. Do you want to be risky? And do you want to risk getting blown out the other side? Do we want to play that game now? And it gives them a really uncomfortable decision to make. Mm. So I thought it was expertly done in the last quarter. I loved it. And the Bombers never really opened it up to give themselves no. a chance I, I, anyway. I think going, like their support. You have a look at their you have a look at their goals. Absolutely. And they've got a couple of you know, opportunistic... Well, front and centres from Harrison Jones and yeah. Sam Draper, and you're going, good luck doing that all night. Yeah. At and, 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 a, and a couple of... A couple of... Um, one of Windler kicked it off the round. I know it's not Windler. Hobbs. But I don't know who the fuck number eight is. Yeah, Hobbs. Yeah. Um, you don't care either. Jack Hobbs! <laughs> the natural. <laughs> it's a... Uh, what's it? Slumdog. Oh. That's one of my favourite moments in a movie of all time when Michael Madsen's character dies... You know, he geeks out in the outfield and he runs out to the catch the ball and he ends up falling through the fence and you're oh, like, yeah. oh, that's a bit of a bit. He's dead. <laughs> he's he caught that quite hard. He's caught the fly ball and he's fallen through the fence and you're like, oh, geez, that's it's like uh, Tanaka in uh, Major League Two. Yeah, that's right. Tanaka got up. Uh, this man is dead. He's dead. He, he's <laughs> Add him to the list. <laughs> just his character. But he's he Michael Madsen is very much alive. Is he? Yep. Yeah. One of Quentin's favourites. Who am I thinking yeah. of? It's not him. I'm thinking of Tom Sizemore. I, I don't know why. I, I always think I'm, of the two. See, I think he's still alive as well. Nah, uh, definitely. I reckon Tom Sizemore's gone. I reckon they're both alive. I reckon you've prematurely put them in the grave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never put Michael Madsen in the grave. I think they're both alive. You wait. Tom Sizemore is alive. <laughs> he, was in, he was in Entourage when he said, no, he goes, um, someone had the phone. Was it Ari had the phone? He had a really quick Tom Sizemore was in rehab. 
and he was like, he had a go at him for bringing the phone out. You know, no, we're not allowed phones, Ari. Right, yeah. Good on him. Had a good role in saving Private Ryan, and then he's been good in a few things, but unfortunately can't stay away from the uh, the old yeah. Bailey Smith. Oh, sorry, the uh, oh, no. I think he's doing harder stuff than Bailey, to be honest. Yeah, much harder. Much harder. Got more money. He's graduated. The white stuff. Moving on. It's for kids. Um, where were we? I don't even know where we, we were. We were talking about goals. and uh, <laughs> talking, like that and talking about Michael Batson. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where we were. No, I don't know. Um, Shield kicks it? his long bomb, and yeah. you're going, good luck to you kick, that you yeah. can. Finnegan, where was that umpire when Sam Walsh got the high against Collingwood in the last quarter? Because that was less of a yeah. free kick than what Sam Walsh's was. But And, anyway, and then they had the 50 and stuff. So, yeah, it's, they were having to scrap. Yeah. Goals and they got a few through, you know. Even the, when they had that little run in the third quarter, and they they missed a couple of chances. And they oh. did, and they, in fairness to Eston, they did miss. There was probably five or six shots on goal that were very, very gettable that they didn't. And you're going, oh, how well, stiff shit. Was, was, how much of that was to do with some good pressure? Oh, look, no doubt, no doubt. But then they had a couple of set shots. You know, Stringer. You know, when when there's no, oh, tell me about it. Um, like he would kick that. I think was it. Um, Mason Redmond had a shot at one point, and he pushed it left. Yeah, they were they were kickable goals. Was it a bit like us though? In back in the in the bad old days, yeah, yeah when, it was. when you sort of go and you work, you work, you work. It's not a great night. Yeah, and you're getting looks from forty plus. Yeah, you know, like these aren't easy kicks as such. But as we always say, good teams kick easy goals. But they're not a good team. No, th- and that's exactly just like we the conclusion. Either. No, no. You know, exactly so you're right. getting bad looks. Yeah, and it's like mm. just because you want to win doesn't mean you will win. No, not at all. Um, the next note I have here is emotion. Uh, uh, sorry, emotion and embracing uh, the role of party poopers. Oh yeah. So Voss sort of spoke about this <clears throat> a little bit, and he kind of it was funny. He sort of contradicted himself, and he kind of said they they addressed it, and then someone said, "Oh, how much of a role?" He goes, "Not at all." So I think he maybe had a bit of a sort of walked it back a little bit and thought, no, I don't really want to expand on this. I would have fought fire with fire. Essendon having a big week. I would have bought him guys like Sticks and all those to sort of talk mm. about okay, how much funds are going to be to piss on their sandwich. <laughs> yes. Go seriously. Go embrace that role. Well, you can't, you, can't, you can't go into a game like that and think... It's just another game because these guys, these guys are pumped up. There's but has anyone be... has anyone won a birthday game? Well, it, it, we, it, we seem it, to play in all of them. Yeah, and um, we, we beat them every single time. It's great. So we've beaten Collingwood twice. Yes, I don't know if we technically had one ourselves. I think we had a series of the, sort of celebration yeah, the one, games. The, the one twenty-five. We got pants by Collingwood. No, mix one of mixed no, last game. No, that was mixed milestone game. That was mixed record breaking game. The record breaking. Yeah. It was too. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that. But that was in our one twenty fifth year. But it wasn't. Yeah, no, you're it right. Wasn't, it wasn't the, no, the you got, you got celebration. Those, game. No, those yeah. dates are completely wrong. This is Michael Madsen over. You put you put Michael in the grave, and then, and then now you've <laughs> let's double kicked. check Michael Madsen. No, so twenty fourteen was our one fiftieth year. Twenty fifteen, Mick broke the record. Seven fifteen, Collingwood. Still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. He hasn't died in the five minutes since you. <laughs> that would be breaking news. But the point I think I loved about it was he kind of alluded to it, which I liked. They would have spoken about it internally. Jeez, it's a big game for these guys. They're going to be wound up. Big atmosphere, big crowd, big night the next night with the, the gala dinner. And you know what I love, Timbo? You know what I would have been saying? Match the effort early. No, no, no. Hit I would have hard. been saying these guys are a bunch of soft cocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They're all about put on shows of passion. Dyson yep. Heppel fucking tugging at the jumper. 
pathetic. Well, he Who was doing it. it? Who believed it? He was it? doing it, and Gavin Wanganeen was over his shoulder, and he was sort of half looking at him going... What is happening? Are you for fucking real? You know when someone does it, one of the great pieces of footage, Pete Molina, shout out to Pete, probably likes this bit of footage. Channel 10 used to use it, the slow-mo of Brownie walking back to position, just nodding. Mm. And you went, yeah, that's the look of a man who's ready to kill. Yeah. You're going, I believe it. Yeah. He's up for it. And you looked at Dustin Hepburn going, yeah, I'm not so sure. You looked at Dyson and just went, you don't believe it. Your teammates don't believe it. Yeah. We're not frightened by it. There's nothing about what you're doing. And the Essendon Football Club in general love to talk at the moment. And that's what they sort of said. He'd have have rehearsed that and all this sort of stuff. And it was... Do it in the room. I know that they're going for the look and whatever and bring the, you know, the supporters along with you, but you're most likely going to lose. Like we made Dennis Pagan do a fucking speech in the last game at Princess Park. But you can't not do it. We were all shit at the time. You're not winning. Even Essendon, did you see Rutten's thing about the Guernsey? No. On, uh, he would have done it. What, a, saying that it was a thinner stripe or something, sash? No, well, he, he presented, so they did a, <laughs> uh, They did their captain's run or their last at, at Windy Hill. and They, they did a, it at Windy Hill? That's right, they did yeah, too. Yeah, and, and he was in the, before they went out and he just did a little talk about, you know, the jumper and representing the jumper and it was the classic G up sort of thing. And Do walk. they not play North Melbourne this year? Couldn't they just wait for that game and just go, yeah, this will be our birthday game? <laughs> but <laughs> I they're going to West Coast in about two weeks' time and they're not safe. Who, West Coast or Essendon? Essendon. Essendon beat West Coast. The West Coast is shit house, mate. But the point is, you saw it, you just went, everything this club does, because you don't believe it. No, exactly right. You watch this rotten thing, and you just went, oh, wow, that's... Uh... And, and the saddest thing for them, because it tells the story about them, is ball goes inside 50, and I think Stringer tries to take a mark, the ball spills free, and then we get it, Cripper kicks sort of around the corner, and we're out and gone. And, and immediately that happened, you've gone, these blokes aren't working. They, it's not like they just got, they didn't get caught out. They just weren't working. They, and they don't. They, well, they never have. Like they, they are one way runners as a whole team. And when they get the game on their own terms, and there isn't pressure on them, they can look like absolute millionaires. Is that when Timo you, you talk the message? You know, and, and every club has the same vision. Um, and you would talk about that. I would show the clips of them doing it, and I just go, "You'll know early." Yeah. Yeah, you know, guys, you'll know early. When, they when, don't run when they stop. You've won. You've won the game. And they've gone. It took it took ninety seconds. What, ir- what irritates me is the media narrative around them. It's like, oh, they're they're building and they've got future and stuff. No, no, no. Last year you weren't talking that. Mm. They were there. They're they win made the finals pre-season. They're ahead of Carlton. Yeah, they they're love ahead that of Carlton. They, they love, love that. that they don't, there's seventeen other teams in the fucking competition. But yeah. No, no. Oh, they're ahead of Carlton. They're ahead of Carlton. Look, Essendon are playing finals. Blah blah blah. No, they haven't won one for a while. An eternity. Mm. But the, now the narrative is, oh, they've got some young talent. It's going to take time. No, no, no. This was... The talent had blossomed. It's the they Essendon, were there. Right, it's the Essendon Mafia in the media. Yeah. It's the sympathetic Essendon voices in the media. And they're embarrassing themselves. Who just run a protection racket. Yeah. Credit to old mate Rocco. He seems to be the only one willing to call a spade a spade yeah. at the moment, if you follow him on Twitter. Would you have pissed Stringer off? Given like what you've got in your side, you've got some good young well, they talented. They wouldn't have done it because he had a good. Eye. He was playing good footy last year when he was fit. Yeah, but he's just he's contract as well. Is he the type of play you want around a young group? No, no, no. I don't want Jordan to go either. Right, for but exactly the same reason. Jack Stringer's got a lot of value, or had a lot of value. Yeah, you could have shipped him off. He's completely devalued himself in the. And I feel for him because he's he's done two hamstrings in a preseason. Like that ain't good. And you know, you need more than that. 
Like we, we I see this is sort of what you guys are getting at. Um, Welcome to the Don the Sash podcast. It is the Don the Sash podcast. Um, I think that. Uh, so when you're in our position, as we we've been for the last couple of years, and you're plumbing the depths at the bottom of the ladder, and you're, you're literally rebuilding from next to nothing, and and eventually, hopefully, if we can experience some success. Silvani will get the credit he deserves for stripping the joint to the bare bones and like starting again. And having the balls having to do that. Having the balls yeah. to do it. Blow it up. Um, I think not only do you need, you need talent, you need elite talent, you need elite character. Yeah, you do. North Melbourne have got a huge problem at the moment with Don't Paul they? Francis. Wowee. Like, you look at Weedering... And you who look have at they got to pull, pull no, them in line? But this Tony Goldstein is all you got. This like. is it. You look at Weedering and you look at Walsh and you go, you go elite character... Just like, not only are they outstanding players, but more important than that, they are bankable commodities who you know are in it for the long haul. You know their attitude's first rate. You know that they're going to buy in and, and they're respect. not selfish. They're not selfish. They're going to buy in and respect whatever the superiors, your leaders, et cetera, are telling you. And then more than that, they're going to sell the message to whoever's below them coming through. And you kind of look at what Essendon have got. Jake Stringer, not a leader's asshole. Yeah. Someone like Goey holding him to ransom... A little bit. A little bit. You know, culturally and financially. Yeah. You're going, bigger problem than the whatever he solves. You look at Horn Francis, it's a young player. Absolutely. But his, the his, suspension's going to save North Melbourne but that his attitude, difficult decision. But yeah. his, his attitude just reeks of... It's horrible. You're just going, this is not good enough. And you look at us and you kind of go, gee, so fortunately we've had those picks... And nailed them from a talent point of view, but a temperament point of view as well. As and well. that's just, and we don't want to. You mentioned Bailey Smith earlier, mm. and you kind of went again. You go, there's another character thing, correct? Where you go, mind you, I don't think Bailey Smith's the only one. No, he's not. Oh, no, look, no, he's, he's not. not saying he, oh, no, he's saying just, he but if you if you elect to be that visible, yeah, that, that's, that, and and that's do what that I much wrong. You can't have one and not yeah. deal with the other. That's having a come. text exchange with a few of the boys, and I just said. I'm not saying that Bailey Smith is a dickhead because he does drugs. and I know it's prevalent. It's prevalent in society, let alone in AFL football, where there's young kids who have got expendable cash. Correct. But, like, just just be smarter. Yeah. Do it at home. Well, Have a house party. Right. And don't take a video of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, t- and, t- and, like, it just figure out who your mates are. Correct. Who, do you know Correct. what I mean? That's the biggest issue. Like, but, no, but it's a generational thing where... If it's not captured on video, Tim, didn't it didn't happen. happen. Yeah, they've I got sp- their I phones out for every fucking moment of their lives. Yeah, they feel like every moment of their lives is an event. It's worth celebrating and sharing when it's not. But I think that the whole thing, as we were just talking about, there was was just from a from a character point of view, it just feels like the club has kind of got a no dickheads policy. And and the one thing I was just I, I agree one hundred percent. And I think in the coming month we're going to have an opportunity to be able to announce two new contracts with Harry Mackay and Charlie Curnow and the narrative behind that... It's a big call, Timbo. Where's well, this come from? No, no, I just I was thinking about this earlier in the week. How but did Jay get this information, Timbo? No, 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 stop it. <laughs> <laughs> the man on the inside. Um, like, clearly, that's... From a list build perspective in our future, they're, they're the two biggest pieces to lock away. We've given them a reason to stay. We, and this is the thing. There's a reason to stay. There's an amount to sign on for. Cripper 
has been incredibly unlucky because he had a downturn in his body and he's formed exactly the wrong time and it meant that he did sign for less than what he was probably worth but it makes it look like he was a sacrificial captain and doing all the right things because he could have gone and, and you know he was the right character but his footy, you didn't want to overpay if his footy wasn't going to be there but they trusted in him and that he would come back and he has mm. but a little bit like Jason Horn Francis you could have cashed out and gotten you know the Godfather deal coming back the other way, but you had to know what do you lose, character wise, spiritually, and all that sort of stuff. We hung on to Cripper; he stayed for less. Walsh has done a two-year extension; he hasn't gone for maximum chips along the way either. And now there's that's not where you have the conversation. You go, you'll get it. You, you'll get it in time. Just give us two more years. Let's let's curate what we so have. I think Harry was for me. Charlie was the kind of. Even from a body point of view, it was just to watch this space and how does this play out? And Absolutely. What is his next contract worth? Harry was the one where you kind of went, we we kind of we've got to get our we've got to get our you know ship in order, and just make sure that there's a reason for him, or not only that, there's no reason for him to leave. Yeah, correct. Why would I want to be here for seven years and do all the heavy lifting? And then leave now. And when you're twin, and to be absolutely honest, when you're twin brothers at North, <laughs> there's a very good reason to stay at a, cl- a club like Carlton. Well, yeah, you'd be going. How's it? How's it going? Yeah. And if he's going, yeah, not great. Yeah. And and so I just think, for the club and the messaging and the direction and the dream and all that sort of stuff, these two contracts and whatever we sign them for and for whatever period of time is a fantastic opportunity to be able to stick a microphone under both of their their mouths and say. You're just espousing the virtues of this the current a, this, regime. This is a great club. Everything's working. I want to be a part of this. I've probably left money on the table, but I want to be in navy blue when you're going well, magnificent. Maybe, well, I hope that one of the selling points is this, and I think the club used it as a quote, and I saw this doing the rounds in the media, but here's another clip from Voss's press conference. And I really hope that the club is absolutely embracing this, embracing the privilege that the Carlton Football Club can offer its players. To play in big games in front of big crowds, you know, stuff that matters. You know, it's fantastic to play for a big club. It is. It should excite a playing group. And if you're not excited by it, you're not the character the club probably needs. So this is what Vossi said post-game about um, the last two weeks leading into this week against Richmond. I said to the players in the, uh, afterwards, I just said, look, we, we should be really grateful that we get the opportunity to be able to come out and play um, in front of such big crowds. We should never take for granted that um, we do have a large supporter base. Um, the style that we're playing and, um, and, and that obviously clearly our supporters are feeling connected to that and the way that we're going about it and, and they're sharing that journey with us. And um, so they're, they're voting that with bums on seats and they're coming along and we're really grateful. Um, we can't wait. It's, uh, it's, it's great to be involved in these games. We want to be involved in more. We've spoken in, at various points of this season about the Carlton fan base was ripe and waiting for something to believe in. We, we, we gobbled up the green shoots, give us time, 66-game rebuild guff, and we, I think I use the phrase, they're in overdraw on our patience on one of the shows. when it yep. just we, We've given you our patience. We've been more than facilitating, you have to give us something back now. Yeah, no doubt. Something tangible. And they've actually, this year, they've absolutely done it. Well, you say nine and three, fuck. And they've, they've really kind of made, you know, galvanised a group into saying, this is something you all want to be a part of. Players, coaches, fans, sponsors. We've, we've spoken last year about, you know, what the club was able to do in locking in sponsors was a credit to Little and his commercial yep. team in really hard times. But to actually reinv- reinvigorate, reinvitalise the club and make it somewhere that 
people want to be a part of. Hopefully it's big contract announcements. Hopefully it's, you know, um, big crowd on Thursday night, I think we're playing this week. You know, all that stuff just makes makes us a real sort of destination club. <laughs> Going as I like to say, yeah. uh, <laughs> as I like to say in the meteor. Yeah. Um, and it, it's really important, isn't it, Fab? They just, just quickly touching on the destination club. Did you play finals last year? We were in the top four. Yeah, you're a destination club. Oh, no shit. Yeah. The term destination club just means yeah, someone going for an opportunity to try and cash in quickly. Hmm. Yeah. Or it might be money or it might be whatever. I don't know. I don't know what it might be. It might be something. Who knows what it is. Oh, oh there's another one, Tim. Can you hear it? It's another banger. Oh. These two don't know what this is. No. What a pair of Luddites. Thanks for all your show. Oh, wow. These two have given me empty stares. I don't get it. I reckon there'll be a massive listenership going, what the hell? This is the opening track of one of the albums of the 90s. No, Timbo. Wow. What a pair of of imbeciles. Who is it? It's Weezer. Weezer. This really? is this is my name is Jonas from the Blue Album. It's one of the most like. Is this the album with Buddy Holly on it? Yes. Well, should have played Buddy Holly. <laughs> <laughs> that that is genuinely one of the albums of the decade. No, not really. I think. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> not quite sure he's read yeah. the room on that yeah. one. <laughs> oh wow. It's got Sweater Song, Buddy Holly, My Name is Jonas. Do you know the 90s goes from 1990 all the way <laughs> to 1991? It doesn't start at 96. What are you talking about? That was early 90s. Look it up. Fab thinks he like he thinks he's like a real Molly Meldrum type. Like, no, why no, don't we play I, that I, song? I, no, no. Because oh, yeah. oh, the Blues are back, Sean. Oh, you had to take a dribble then. Well, <laughs> you took it to the basket and went, oh, shit. I was waiting for it. I thought we were going a different direction. <laughs> You know, you have not played anything off, you know, Use Your Illusion yet. They've got one fucking good song, mate. <laughs> that were one of the biggest bands in the world. That doesn't mean they're good. No, people just went and saw them because they're Yeah, shit. well, the Transformers movies all make a billion dollars because they're fucking masterpieces. No, because kids go, Sean. No, kids. they're kids. shit and they're easily consumable garbage. That <laughs> album was released in 1994. Thank oh, you, Absolute classic debut album. I'm stunned that you didn't know what that was. I liked was. their uh, covers album. What was that? Was that the Teal album? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I know the one you're talking they about. They did a cover of Rosanna, which I really loved. I thought. Whenever I want to hear Rosanna now, I play that rather than the Toto version. I'm, I'm going to have to look this up because I must say I love the Toto version. They did like an 80s cover of 80s songs. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't like it because. It sounded the covers sounded too much like yeah, the originals. Yeah, they are. They're not. And you're, and you're sort of like the. I, so the great example what we've spoken about in the past is that the Pet Shop Boys cover of "Always on My Mind." Best cover of all time is the best cover of all time because yeah. it's basically a different song. It's a, it's a different song. It's a exactly banger, right. and it's a banger. <laughs> that's a banger of. That's. It actually makes you know, you know what's brilliant too. It actually makes the song. Like, if you listen to it, it actually makes the song... So the Elvis or the original... Heaps of people are saying it. Willie Nelson sang it. So yeah. many people. Yeah. But the original song is this really, like, loving lament. And the Pet Shop Boys one has got this really fun kind of cynical... Maybe I actually didn't love you. <laughs> it's actually got this really fun, like, 80s style... Oh, maybe maybe I didn't love you. I don't know. Yeah. 
which is sort of it's just brilliant. Yeah. And of no. course, Fab, do we want to tell the story about it? It's one of my favourite stories. Yeah, I, I, I probably won't do it justice as well as you do. But there was an Elvis was an Elvis special. Love me tender. So it was the tenth anniversary of his death. Yep. And they it was a Channel Four or whatever the, in the UK. They went out to a whole bunch of acts and said we want to do an Elvis tribute show to celebrate his you know, the anniversary of his death. Or it might have been his birthday. What would have been his ex birthday? Yeah. If he was still alive. Elvis, of course, is dead. What? Um, <laughs> and anyway... How did he make a movie? <laughs> they went out to a whole bunch of acts and a whole bunch of acts got on board and, and, and said, yeah, yeah, we'll do it, we'll do this, we'll do this. They went and got in touch with the Pet Shop Boys and they said, yeah, okay, um, okay, well, can we do... I don't even know what the song is. They said, can we do whatever this song is? And the guys, the producer, went, nah, look, unfortunately, someone else is already doing that. And they went, <laughs> We don't nah, really want to do anything nah, else. Well, that's really the only song we'd be interested in doing. And a day or two later, the producer went back and said, no one's doing, or no one's selected Always On My Mind. Would you be interested in doing that? And they kind of went, oh, let's have a think about it. Maybe, we'll have a think about it. So anyway, obviously they do Always On My Mind. It's their biggest song ever. ever. It's the Christmas <laughs> number one in the UK, which is this unbelievable high yeah. watermark to be yeah. the Christmas number one. Yeah. And it ends up being kind of like, as you said, they kind of make it their own song. It ends up being like the highlight of the show. It's this incredible kind of thing of we actually weren't going to do it at all. And we end up getting thrown a bone, do this song, we do it, and it ends up becoming a worldwide mega hit. mega hit and the talking point of the show. It's a bit like the inverse of Judas Priest. We're going to do um, uh, the very first Top Gun. They were going to give the song Reckless, which is on their album Turbo. It's a really good song. Turbo wasn't a great album, but Reckless is a really good song. And it's actually, if you listen to it, it's like – you can understand why the producers wanted it because it's, it's like it's Maverick. Yeah. It's actually quite funny. You and listen, they wouldn't let them have it. No, no. So the idea was back then, 1986, they had the album coming out there, their own LP, and a condition of signing the song over to the film was, yes, it would be on the soundtrack, but you would not be able to use it on your album. Mm. You'd be signing it over exclusively. And they sat there and went, oh, fucking this film could be a complete fucking dud. And that's our best song. <laughs> and this is probably the best song on the album. Yeah. And oh, fuck, no, nah, we won't do it. So yeah, Top Gun, global mega hit uh, and one of the highest selling soundtracks of all time. I reckon Kenny Loggins gets checks. No, so th- I think their song would have been Mighty Wings. I think, well, I think they got Mighty Wings instead of Reckless. Who sings Mighty Wings? Cheap Trick. Mm. Another they one sing The Flame. Uh, yeah. But look, look up Reckless That's by why. Judas Priest and tell me if you couldn't imagine that playing at the, in the credits of Top Gun. Yeah. That's why my favourite, and I reckon it's the best, Chili Pepper song is Soul to Squeeze and it's on none of their albums. It's on the Coneheads soundtrack. I probably wouldn't have signed it over to Coneheads in (laughs) retrospect. (laughs) But that was the problem that a lot of these artists faced at the time was you've got to sign the album or a song over to these albums. Did you ever catch the Elvis All-Star tribute? It was probably about three, four years ago. And they just got like a whole bunch of acts, like modern day acts and whatever. Post Malone absolutely blew it out the water. Even Kelly goes, who's this bloke with all the face tat? He was just good. What did he do? I can't remember. He did a couple of songs. It was obviously incredibly memorable, Tim. I can't remember any of the songs he sang, but he was amazing. It was best on ground. And just touching on Cheap Trick, was that album the one where they sung Don't Be Cruel as well? Or was that... What? No, we're talking about Judas Priest. No, 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 no. no. But before when you were talking (laughs) about uh, Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. Was that the same album that... No, so look, I'm not a... It's about uh, the same era, so though. So the Pet Shop Boys, I think the idea with, with Always On My Mind was it was just a single yeah, um, to begin with. So they did the song on the show and it like was the talking point of the show and someone went to them and said, you need to record this yeah, okay. and you actually need to release it. 
because they they would just they just did the, sh- the song for the show. So reiterate the question on the show: Did Cheap Trick do no "Don't Be Cruel"? Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm Potentially, yeah. but it's called "Love Me Tender." It's I think it's on YouTube. Yeah, okay. Um, and funnily enough, actually, Pet Shop Boys do this cool thing. New Order do it as well, where they. Play, play good music. They play good music. <laughs> no, but I, but I really I kind of love what they do. If you watch the Love Me Tender thing, it's actually not quite the same song. Yeah, okay. So they change it and they tweak it and they remix it and they kind of they're always reinventing those songs, which I think is fun. It yeah. kind of keeps it fresh for them to to record them. Um, we're on to chicken salads now. Um, defensive reshuffle. So the team defense and the shape around the ground, I thought was absolutely outstanding. You know, Weedering is so important for us. He does so much for us and. So much so that effectively replacing him was like a 12-man job. Yeah, exactly. Um, The way that numbers pushed back and clogged up dangerous space uh, gave the Bombers absolutely no attacking options on transition pretty much all night. Whenever they went out of defence, it was wide, very rarely to contest better than a 50-50, and we at no point allowed them to really isolate our defence, which absolute credit to not only the back six, but the whole team for Mm. buying in. Agreed. Mm. And that takes effort. And, you know, you, the end result plays out because of all the effort, you know, by the collective yeah. to do so well. But obviously the individuals were, you know, I thought Newman and Doherty as a one-two punch were absolutely phenomenal. I, I, I gave Doc three three votes because I just thought he was outstanding. You gave Walsh three votes. Did I? Did I give Doc two then? Yeah. 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 Um, and then Lewis Young... He just plays within his limits. Last year, we would have shook his hand and sent him out with a pack on, pat on the back. Yeah. Oh, just do your best, mate. Yeah. We would have, we would have said, oh, just look, whatever you can do, mate. Just, yeah. just try your hardest. And, and what you We won't support about you at all. Yeah, yeah correct. Because that <laughs> we was the thing. We will nothing. <laughs> no. It'll be you and Peter, a two-metre Peter. Some people near us were calling him. I thought it was quite funny. They were calling him seven-seater Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was amused by that all night. But we would have just said, oh, yeah, just go out and just you and him in the cage all yeah. night. And, and that, that had been the fundamental failing of our football club was we weren't working for one another and we were exposing a good defence. And we long said, we have a really good defence, but, but you know, we can't defend. Yeah. So... Um, We've got a very good defence, but we can't defend. Well, it's right. Indiv- what you're saying yeah. is right. It just yeah. sounds so stupid. Yeah, well, it was stupid, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the individuals will... The exploits of individuals will yeah. be enough. Good defenders, but a bad defence. Yeah. yeah. It was extraordinary. Yeah. So we, we, once again, you know, we, it was the, the whole thing that we felt like less than the sum of our parts. Correct. And exactly now we right. are... More, more. than... Yeah. Well, on Friday night, we should say, mm. the defence was better than the sum of its parts. And, um, and, and just touching on that, coming into Thursday, what is going to be interesting is... Um, Nankervis and Soldo will go up against De Koning and Silvani because they both played last week against... It was um, our mate, Jeremy Finlayson, oh. as, ex, essentially rucked exclusively against Soldo and Nankervis. And I, I, I don't like Jeremy Finlayson. He irritates me for some reason. I thought in the ruck he... He, he, he did well. And then they're criticising him. Oh, look at his effort here. And he was cool. <laughs> He's it's like the fans. Like it was like three minutes to go in the last quarter, and Yaron would get the ball. Run, run! It's like no, he can't, he can't run. He the can't. length of the ground every single time. He's he been running for two hours. <laughs> Correct. He's stuffed. Yeah. No, um, they'll, they'll, I think it was Kane Corns who was showing some footage of Finlayson. Oh, yeah, this isn't a good enough effort. Forward sometimes of the footy. it's like, mate, he is stuffed. <laughs> He's been butchered. Sometimes um, Kane says things, and it, you, you kind of go, Kingy does this as well occasionally, and you're just like. 
it's almost as though you have no understanding of the game at all. Yeah, or you've, you haven't been watching for the last three and a like half you, quarters. You've played so much elite football, sat in so many team meetings, yeah. and some of the stuff you say is mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, but I thought Friday night was indicative of a change in culture and sort of buy-in. It was really yeah, quite yeah, noticeable. Do you think Durden plays on Thursday? That's that's what I was leading up to. He didn't to. play well in the twos. He didn't? No. Okay. Because we up we go up against Revolt and Lynch most likely is Lynch coming is back. back. Yeah. And they... I, ran, hope he's, I hope he's back. Well, like, round one, they pushed Bolter forward. I hope. No, I don't think he's back. I think that the Bombers' stringer wasn't ready to play. I think the, I think the Tigers, I hope they don't learn their lessons. Dustin Martin wasn't ready to play in round one. Grimes yep. wasn't ready to play in round one. Yep. And they were desperate at selection and they played both. Yeah. And then Prestia went down and all of a sudden... They had nothing. They were, they were in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Because they, they played Bolter forward round one. They've been pushing Gibkiss forward on occasions, mainly when he's getting beaten as a defender. But they... Someone has to play in defence. No, I agree. Like, but but they've, they've Grimes been... will take care of it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Grimes is one of my favourite players. He's, he's, he's Brad... Uh, Brad. He's Brett Thornton-like in how he, he'll concede a free kick and then just walk away. So he'll give the free kick away for some ludicrous hold or high tackle, and then he just walks off leaving some other scrub to man the mark. <laughs> so it looks like that guy's infringed. Yeah, exactly it's right. It's hilarious. Yeah. Looks like Dobby. You he said this on Twitter. Bit, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, Caleb Marchbank, really great to see him out there. Looks more settled the night, uh, longer the night went. He was a little bit rash at times in leaving his man, which gifted Harry Jones a couple goals, um, which will hopefully be ironed out of his game in the coming weeks. But... Um, he's such an important player for us. Will be so much better for the run. And um, I suppose the next big thing for us is how does he pull up? Yeah. Exactly Was it right. three quarter time or the final siren where he got crunched? Three quarter time. It was, but it just didn't need to happen. I'm like Caleb, come on, mate. Yeah. From what you've come from, just 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 leave that alone. Can we? Can he? Can he have like a? Can we nominate one player that's like red shirt? Yeah. Just no contact. <laughs> There's one player on the field from every team who just you can't touch them. But his first serious involvement on the night when he crunched somebody... It was his own teammate. It was Tom DeConning at centre-half back. It was not good. Do you reckon it was DeConning that he... Yeah, I, he took his own was, teammate a, out of the play. Well, there was a bit where he bumped, he tackled or bumped an Essendon player. Okay, maybe that was before. Yeah, that. yeah. But it was... You just look... And, and granted, yeah, he's recovered from an ACL. He's recovered from the calf and the bone bruising. And the neck fracture was like three <laughs> years ago. So He's recovered. Finally, he's yeah, recovered from birth. But you, but you do... <laughs> You just sort of thought the fact that he's still prepared to really put his body in straight up, you've gone, that's actually really good to see. You know what's good from him and Harry? And people might say this is absolutely nothing. Why are you making a big deal of it? No strapping. I agree. I thought exactly the same thing with Harry. There if you was don't no need strapping. It, if you don't need it, don't waste it. Yeah. Don't use it. And if you need it, are it you actually ready? Yeah. It ain't 100%. cheap. <laughs> no, it's just like if you don't need it, what are you using it for? Well, Juddy kept on strapping his shoulders because he said it was more of a superstition. He didn't need it, but he just did it, and yeah. that was part of his routine. You're going, okay, uh, okay. I, I can get it, but... I actually spoke to, to James Parsons about this the other week. Um, him and... What have been James Blank? And the guys were in the rooms getting strapping and tape done, and I think a Parso goes, oh, what's the time? And I said, oh, it's, you know, whatever the time was. It's like quarter past 12. I said, oh, you, uh, you're getting strapping? And he goes, no. Nah. I said, no, nah. he goes, I just don't do it. I said, well, you never, you never done it. He goes, no, you don't need it. Yeah. What he, about your ankles? That's what, that's what I said. I go, you get your ankles done? He goes, no. I said, did you get it done at the Cats? And he goes, nope. And he goes, oh, he goes, he goes it was uncomfortable. Yeah. He goes, I just didn't think, he goes, oh, he goes, well, I've never rolled my ankle and I've, I've never needed to, I've never felt like I need it every week. If mm. I don't get this done, I'm yeah. not going to get through the game. Yeah. He goes, so, he goes, oh, yeah, 
he, I think he said he played basketball and he might have rolled his ankle once and he strapped it up for a little bit. And a, some couple of weeks later, a coach goes, oh, how's your ankle feeling? And he goes, yeah, I'm feeling good. He goes, mobility, I'm feeling pretty good with it. He goes, I'll go get it taped. And the guy went, why? He goes, feeling better? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, don't worry about it. Yeah. He goes, that'll just weaken it because you'll be reliant. He goes, your ankle will be taped in place. Mm. It was your ligaments, whatever. So no taping, I thought, I just went, that's a good message. I just thought it's a, such a small thing, yep. you don't need it. Um, Sam Doherty is hands down the best story in footy. Yeah. To I'll channel my inner Jackie Charles, his form is outrageous, <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal, <laughs> inspirational. Uh, you're not going to get any any uh, argument from me. We, we talked a couple of years ago about what we thought he was going to do when he came back and... I, I couldn't, in my wildest dreams, anticipate he would be playing as well as what he is right now. And he's he's just a good story. Like he's just he's never asked for nothing. There's been there's n- never been a sob story in the media from him. He's just said, "I want to play footy." Yep. And he's worked his ass off, and he's reaping he's reaping the benefits. But we're reaping the benefits, and I just. I, I, and I still think part of the reason why I was probably upset about Josh Kennedy was because it was Sam Doherty and going, don't touch my boy. And, again, Who? love him. When oh, I, yeah, 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 you yeah, completely yeah. lost the plot yeah, about because, that. Team. And I think part of it was Sam Doherty, but I, I still think he went in. But um, your thoughts, Sam Doherty? Oh, phenomenal. Oh, look, I, he's a general. He's got... Go back, was it, a, two years ago, where he was kind of a bit... Iffy, a bit shaky. And I think stuff. the captaincy was. Some people just, just, it just so, doesn't. It doesn't work. The title, I should say. Yeah, the he's so assured because I reckon he's doing everything. People are going to dock. You could tell he's just he's out there. He's so assured. He's commanding. He's very hands on. And I reckon behind the scenes, the younger ones are going to him. Yeah, well, and that's why I thought thing. Nick Newman's kind of been a very good foil between the two of them. This is the thing. Though, what I like about it is, yeah, absolute leader. No, no question about it. You don't need the title to be a leader. No. no, you don't. And sometimes the title comes with baggage and it comes with so many expectations and a bigger workload. Doc still does media when he, when he needs to. Um, you know, but, but that... The on-field organisation is the bit that I 100%. just... I, mm. I can't get enough of. Um, he just gets... And, and, and it will no doubt have to do... And he probably would have done it anyway, but... The fact that he spent two years out and he was in the coach's box and he really drilled into what the game plan was, what are the roles, who needs to be where and why and all that sort of stuff, you can clearly tell he has benefited from his time mm. out of football and we're better because of it as well. 100%. Um, you know yeah. who I think is better for it as well? Tell me. Mr Plough. He absolutely and is. And I'm not saying that Mr Plough is in our best 22 and all fit best 22. I'm not even saying he was in our best players on Friday night. But what a difference it makes to a bloke when you actually give him some support in defence. You don't just isolate him in the square with a big fucking leading lane like it's Heathrow Airport. <laughs> you don't just and let his man run up the guts to mark on. You're just going, you know, like we called him a little while ago. We joked he was the garbage man. He just gets the shit job every week. He gets the job that no one else wants to do. <laughs> you can have Charlie Cameron. Yeah, he just gets every week he gets the crap job. Going, but if you actually give him some support, what he allows Doc, Saad, Williams when he's out there, obviously Newman when he's out there, what he allows them to be and do, be more offensive, it is worth everything. He basically sacrifices his game every single week yep. 
you know what? I love that he got away with it on Friday night when he was taking on all comings. He was about 15 metres out from goal in the last quarter and he was just ducking and dodging and weaving. his fucking dodgeball. Yes. Duck, duck, dip, dive and dodge or whatever. Dodge again. <laughs> but he was in the goal square basically and he was just taking blokes on. And I'm going... This is going to end poorly and the supporters are going to come for you, mate. <laughs> but he, he was dancing around. It was, he was like Muhammad Ali and in the corner. He was ducking yeah. the punches. Yeah. Jack... Jack went through a stage where he thought, I'm just going to balk everything that comes near, <laughs> comes near me. And, 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 and then he, and then he missed, the, missed the next target. If he had hit it, it would have been... They would have given him a standing ovation <laughs> just for a pass. I think that was one of the things that Vossi... Like the, there was a bit of... Not layerizing, yeah. but there was a little bit of... We're overcomplicating Correct. things a bit. But no, I thought Plough, as I said, is he now fully fit best 22? Not every week. Probably not. But is he a valuable piece? Yeah, absolutely. And, wh- and while we have the depth of injuries that we've had in our back line, being able to uh, use Plough every other week felt, um, has been great. Felt sorry for him on the, uh, the commentary. He didn't really... Like it, every time he got the ball... Like he got, oh, yeah, Marchbank. Mar- it's not Marchbank. <laughs> Marchbank's not wearing long sleeves tonight. Who else they keep confusing Marchbank with? It was someone else. It was pe- even people around us. So like, oh, here he is. And I said, that's not That's not Marchbank. Marchbank. <laughs> that's yeah. not him. Um, Fireman Sard. His first half was unbelievable. Special, special player. Yep. And and he gets better the more they boo him. <laughs> and they keep booing him. They're, they're, <laughs> but still at one, still at twice. Oh, it's not affecting him. But I, I messaged Jay, I, like, if you... If you You're dr- allowed to use that name? Is he is he out of witness protection? Jay. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you draft a kid and you do all his development and he comes through and then he becomes a top three... Uh, best and fairest player, and then he leaves. I reckon you you're justified in being a bit shitty. But Gold Coast did that. They Once, recruited. Well, they, someone said they poached him out of the Gold Coast, and all of a sudden we poaching. They traded him. They got a, a really good return for him, and yet they're still booing him. Someone and going, said, uh, but Nick Hind is so sort, good. Oh, he's better. And but and even then, like how's Massimo D'Ambrosio? Oh. Massimo D'Ambrosio. Finally going to fill that role. That, you know. I, I thought they I filled thought it. I thought you filled yeah. it with yeah. Nick Hine. Nick Hine was I all Australian. Filled, I thought you filled it in more. <laughs> uh, very, very good. I would have loved for him to have that, I think a kick from Fisher just didn't quite get to him. Yep. And he, yep. he just couldn't quite, I would have loved for him to have iced the game with a long goal. Absolutely. Been there. He, looked, he, he looked like he was shaping to do it instead too. Of, he got to 50 and went left on. He did. He did. Um, Laverde. Um if he just would have went right, he was cooked. Just a shout-out, yeah. uh, by the way. Shout-out on old mate Jaden Laverde. Shout-out to big Will Peters, if you're listening, Will, you big idiot. You've been talking about Laverde for about 18 <laughs> from months. From the B-Pod. You've been talking about Laverde for about 18 months about how good he is. He is shit. He's just going. He's just... You need to move And, and as you say, him. if he was... Is Aaron Francis not injured? He's just no he good. Just, he's no good. Do you remember when he had like a two-week semi-OK period? He, so the last two games of the year, against one year, Paul, he took a hanger yeah, against yeah, Port. Yeah. And they've gone... He's back. He's, he's there. Yeah. No. No, he's not. No, he's but, not. No. Um, but but if Laverde was twenty one, and he was doing the stuff that he was doing, and he could grow with this defence and all that sort of stuff, you're going, yeah, yeah, maybe he's like twenty six years of age now. Like he is closer to the end than the start now. And we drafted, he ain't that much famously, better than what he was. We drafted Blaine, Blaine Bocorse before him. Yeah. We we chewed him up and spat him out years ago. Correct. Laverde's still going. I don't know if I've said this on pod, but. I've got this theory about Dodoro and what he does. He basically, his whole thing is with my recruits, even if they're actually not very good, we'll just get them games, play them, play them, play them, play them, play them. So then in the wash-up, 
the stats read, oh, well, Jaden Laverne was a pick 22 and he's played 126 games. games. You're yeah. going, yeah, but 125 of them were crap. Yeah. Or you did David Myers, you know, Kyle Langford, guys that are okay players, but he needed to move on and move past five years before he did. Yeah. He's no big risk taker no, either. No, but he, they were all Sauce, people can say whatever they want about Sauce. Yeah. He would give it, have a look at you, have a look at you. No, nah, no good, move on. That's it. And, who's could, next? and he got some wrong. Just go, who's Sauce, next? Sauce was offered. Adam Sarr. Yeah, yeah, that's No, but right. this thing, you go, you'd look at these guys, bring them in, who's ne- oh, no good, who's next? Move on, find someone else. Whereas yeah. Dodoro's big thing is particularly with those first and second round picks, I think he's real, oh, we'll look back at the end of the day, and look, they've all played 100 plus games, so they've all been, you're going, yeah, but they've all been ordinary. He loves well, flogging ideas too. Well, he drafted Andrew McGrath with, ooh, number, with pick one. And, and, and he's, okay. he's, he's good. He's, a, he's an okay footballer, but again, he overcorrected on the character side of things in the hope that he got the right guy. When Hugh McLuggage was sitting there Taranto. and you gone, I could have told you that Hugh McLuggage, Hugh McLuggage was going is to the be best out of that draft. Taranto. Taranto's very good. But Tor- Taranto's exactly what they needed. They want midfielders. Yeah, yeah. You're going, just draft a midfielder. Yeah, so they've got a halfback flanker back pocket and, that could run and, 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 and Andy, Andy McGrath is a tidy AFL player. Mm. Yep. But you wanted a midfielder. Yeah. Draft a midfielder. Yeah. You dumbass. It's, it's that classic, if you can play halfback flank really, really well at junior and state level, you can make it as a midfielder. And you're going, can okay, you? well, you might. But if you're having to play on a halfback flank and there are others that are playing midfield ahead of you, aren't the others better? Yes. Yeah. Next note here, chicken salads. The unsung. I still have reservations over some of these guys at the absolute pointy end of a season, but it was good to get some nice contributions from the likes of Boyd, Cottrell, Nunes, Oes, Durden and O'Brien. I thought they each had a meaningful moment or sometimes moments. Did you say Nunes in that? I did say Nunes. Yeah, good. good. Um, Nunes gets to to positions. It reads the game well. If you're just a little bit stronger or stronger of mind more than anything, you just kind of... He's not not doing a lot wrong at the moment. But this is... I was going to bring it up if Sean didn't bring it up or didn't have it on the run sheet, but I'm not saying he's, he's made a true believer of me, but I'm less worried about seeing Matty Cottrell come on. I think, look, the issue that we, we don't want to get... I think he's taking a, a what we need to be careful with is here. Oh, two weeks ago now, a little bit of his naivety was crucial in the result against Collingwood. Yep. where they he just couldn't control side bottom, mm-hmm. and side bottom's an extremely experienced, well credentialed player. Yep. But he let that get away from us, and that was ultimately, you know, in a way, that probably was the game. The difference it was yeah. probably the game, and yeah. he sort of went, "That's fine. You're just a young, developing player." Wasn't up against much chop in terms of Essendon and being out on a wing and having to curtail anyone on Friday night. Hopefully the learnings from a side-bottom experience hold him in good stead moving forward. Yeah. And this is what I mean. I don't want to get carried away. You know, I've described these guys as soldier ants in the yeah. past. And yeah. I mean that lovingly. Every team needs these types. Yeah. Every team's got these types. You know, they need to, and they are good at supporting the blue-chip players to allow them to do what they can yeah. do best. Yeah. And on Friday night, the, the guys that fall into that category, I think all... Had some nice moments. We can't ever go into a game of football where the contribution from Cottrell, Owies, Nunes... Is the difference. O'Brien or needs to be the needs difference. Needs to be the difference. That's exactly right. We, we have A-grade players for a reason. Um, we have structures for a reason. If you're needing individual contributions from these guys that are in your bottoms, your bottom six will make the difference in games of football because of their collective effort. 
Mm. And, and if enough of them do enough right, it'll be absolutely helping you. But if you need them to win the game for you, they're not you're, pro- be you're probably the, not going to win the game. Well, they're not going to be the moment player. No, there's not enough else has gone right on mm. the day, so therefore that's why you don't win. Well, even going back to, to Box Hill for a little bit, you might have seen the, the boys had an unbelievable win on the weekend. I did not. Uh, <laughs> Port, uh, Port Melbourne were 14 points up deep into time on. Wow, eh? And uh, Box Hill managed to rally from the dead to win you the game. You can say we. Sure. But the, Sean talks. But the point is... So out on the wing. How are the celebrations out? Unbelievable. <laughs> They're all on social media. But so the ball comes out, kick in, and tied the score. And the ball comes out, um, Port Melbourne kick in, comes off hands, and Cal Porter, who's a really really solid VFL player, was on the Bulldogs list. Yep. Gets the ball to Damien Mercedi, who's a brilliant VFL player, who kicks the ball forward to the right spot, like just fantastic. Just put the ball right in the mixer, and then Fergus Green, who's leading the Frosty Miller Medal uh, count leads out and takes the mark, and you go, well, they're three of Box Hill's better players. Yes. Yep. They've all had... And that's not to say a lot of the other guys had really good moments and all contributed on a really hard, wet sort of slog of a day. But it when it got but, to the absolute pointy oh, and, end. And Ben Kavara kicked a phenomenal goal to get them within a point. Yep. You know, took the ball on and kicked an outstanding left foot goal yep. on the run, and you just went, yeah, because he's an important he's player. He's an AFL standard footballer. He's, he's a yep. moments player yep. in the big moment, and that's the example of... Supported by the other guys, the so-called lesser lights, James Parsons kicks four goals. Yeah, you know, um, just phenomenal. And you go, yeah, because he's an important player, had the moment in his locker. That's what we need. Uh, the Kraken brothers. Yes, uh, I wish I could give whoever came up with that credit, but Phil and Jimmy. Uh, Phil McCracken. <laughs> <laughs> big urn, just too big and too strong on the night. Um, you know, Harry's so important for us. And I think what was good too is had, they had excellent separation yep. on the night. Very few times did they kind of collide with one another. They managed space between each other really well inside 50, which meant there couldn't be three on twos or two on ones. Well, I even thought the very first inside 50 of the game when Cripps did, uh, yeah, when Walsh got the, the handball back. Oh, you had a Martin. Jack Martin. And then, Martin, you know, you could actually see when you watch the replay, Zach Reed was running back to try and cover the two bigs. Yeah. And it left Martin all on his own. You've gone... Perfect. That's the strength of the Kraken brothers is Perfect. everyone is so focused on them. You're going, yeah. these blokes should... There should be opportunities galore for these third and fourth foils just to take easy marks, and then it's, can you kick the goal? It just gives us so much flexibility. Doesn't with, it? with everyone, the, the yep. mediums and, and the others on the field. Um like Charlie just completely spooked, just his size, yep. just completely had you know whether it be Redmond or um, Ridley, just spooked. They were and, just and Ridley's not a defender. Rid- Ridley, Ridley is a zone specialist who can take third man up and then use the ball well afterwards. He's a he he, he loves to play footy on his terms, but make and you, and you make him make like him that. man a good player, and he goes to water. I just want to actually just backtrack a little bit. I, I put the thing on Twitter about it because it bears mentioning. Look, Matt Owies is a phenomenal set shot. He's good, isn't he? Like, just, it's, like I said to Dan, I think I put the tweet, it's bewildering He's how gold. good a set shot he is. Brian yeah. Taylor, and not one moron in the production team or the other commentators. Brian Taylor goes, oh, almost from the exact same spot that Dom Sheed kicked his goal. Yeah, Dom Sheed's a left footer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's drilled it with the right. Yeah. He's just... I'm, you know what I, I'm a big believer in, and I, I, I was a big believer in this with Jack Watts too, and it didn't quite turn out the you way that I Jack thought that Watts. I would. It does. Yeah. But obviously, happy anniversary as well to the 
day, Jack strode onto oh, the MCG. Yes, and got, turn. got butchered. Absolutely polaxed. Was it against Colin? Was it Queen's yeah, Bursa where he did the blind turn as well? Where he, he, no, it was against us, wasn't it? He, turns, he blind turned someone on the wing. There was no one there. there. Was no there. there. Yeah. The one where he strode onto the ground and he's like all foppish and, you know, bouncing on like a newborn fucking giraffe and he got absolutely murdered. They caved him in, yeah. It was great. No, but I, the one thing with these um, basketball players, I'm a big believer in. Um, Practice, 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 free throws. You know, yeah. just sort of just fundies. Just yeah, just get the fundamentals right. Do the basics. Do the get the simplicity right. I reckon Matt Owies has turned around and said, "I've got, I've got the athleticism. I've got the speed. I kind of know footy, but when I get I the chance in front footy. of goals, you know what it is? I have to execute this skill. Set shot goal kicking. To quote the great man, that's his one wood. That's his way. Is his one wood. Um. I'm looking forward, actually, this week, Charlie. Didn't have a good game in round one. Yep. Um, so a good opportunity for him. He's obviously in much better form, touch, confidence. And a quick shout-out to Harry Mackay. And, like, he tried to give that handball over the top that when Charlie did kick his goal, mm. but it got intercepted. And he's I, I, I thought that was the highlight of the game. The volleyball was, was spike. The, the volleyball spike down in, in honour of Maverick, of mm. course. Um, and then Playing with the boys. <laughs> No, that is Kenny Loggins. Who doesn't love a little bit of homoerotica in their movies? That was uh, Tony. Tony Scott was talking about it. He was he was doing some retrospective thing, and they someone asked him about the scene, and he was like, "If you're making a big studio picture, he goes, and you got all these young guys, he goes, they wanted they wanted their shirts off. Yeah, they're all red because they're they're very they're orange. They've probably been filming that scene for days. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like the guy. He just said no. He goes, yeah, because the, the studio wanted." These young mid twenty something yeah, guys, yeah. they wanted their shirts Get off. Their kids out. And he goes, yeah. and at the end of the day, he goes, we won best scene in a movie from Suck Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true. I think he said I they won. I did not know. I think he said they won it I, four years in a row or something. <laughs> he goes, so I get a text during the uh, two way football match. Yeah. Scene. It just says, "Mother Goose, you pussy." <laughs> <laughs> That's I like that. Yeah. So. Good fun. It was good fun. Uh, the midfield again dealt a bit of a blow in terms of Chera going down, but re- uh, adapted and reacted really positively to get the job done. Reesam Walsh, there was some interesting feedback about him not being deserving of the votes that he received and whatever. I reckon too many of our fans have gotten a bit blase about this bloke. Isn't he his fourth year? Um, his work rate, his coverage of the field, his ability to be in the right place of you know in the frame. He was in every frame, every contest. If he's on the ground, mm. he's in the frame. Yeah. Yeah, he's he was impacting the contest. He helped his defence out. All of that stuff was first rate. We spoke earlier about an all hands to the pump type defensive approach. All shoulders to the pump. All shoulders <laughs> to the pump. No one typified that on the night more than Sam Walsh. Agreed. And and he got the three from me. I can't speak for you guys. Yeah, he had a couple of minor blues, but they were mostly after he'd pushed back into defence and was at the fall of the football, helping his mates out. And I thought. Like, he got caught holding the ball a couple of times, and even then I thought he was a little bit stiff. Yeah, one of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you're going, you're there, you're part of it, and you're not in dangerous positions when it's happening. And, so. and, more, and more than that, sacrificing, doing so much running himself to help out, yep. he actually still played his own game. Correct. Yeah, still got metres gained, still hit like, targets. He's a very good footballer. Phenomenal. <laughs> um, Cripps as well, I thought, really strong in the tackle. Had a massive presence around the ball. Um, he was able to use his size at contest to bully a few of the Essendon boys, which was yeah. important. Even when in early in the game, it wasn't quite going his way. Again, using his size to impact, uh, I thought he was great. Still thinks he can kick on his left. Needs Someone needs to uh, 
Either tell teach him, him or tell him to put it away. Uh, and Lee, Drew- he's the first link in the chain for our opening goal. It's just a smart little dink over Around the top. Around the corner, yeah. yeah. So it's not just brutish stuff. No. Like, he's got, got, a got, of, got a bit of finesse. Yeah, just not on the left, Scotty. Just, just, just stop on the left. That's one of my favourite. Um, oh, what was it? Was it in Swingers? And they're playing like Sega. They're playing NHL on Sega, and I think it's Vince Vaughn's playing as the LA Kings, and like they were terrible. But they had Wayne Gretzky. Yep. And someone was like, "Why are you playing as the Kings?" And he goes, "They're a finesse team." Because <laughs> they're no good. He goes, "They're a finesse team. They're a finesse." Vince Vaughn in the breakup. Ah, oh, when he gives it credit, oh. he goes, "I can't take all the credit. It's these guys <laughs> with their little digital hearts." <laughs> That's a very funny movie. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I've seen it before. Mm. Jen looking good in it as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then George Hewitt, strong citizen again. Really liked his game. Um, happy with what we're getting from him week in and week out. Um, of course, we've got a oh, there's another '90s bagger. Fab's got an empty look on his face again. The moment I have, I thought it was Joey for a second. That bass only sounds can only be one band with that bass. 1993, I believe. (laughs) You're having a fucking nightmare today. (laughs) I'm embarrassed for you. I'm embarrassed for the two of you. My name is Jonas. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You're saying if you Google songs of the 90s, none of these two have been on. This is New Order. This is Regret. Mate, New Order have got some absolute bangers. This is, this not is one, one of, of their best songs. Stop it. I do recognise it as. If you New fucking Order, play Radiohead, this is arguably. Next week, this is, I'll die. This Seriously. Is, this is arguably. <laughs> but not Creep. <laughs> this, that is I arguably. I hate Creep. I you, hate fucking. Whatever. That is arguably New Order's. Last great song. Good for them. Mate, you you are not the music fan you think you are. It's, you've I, I, think, I think you are not the music fan <laughs> you, you think you are. You, you've embarrassed yourself. looking at me going... Oh, yeah, I've only, played, I've only played the opening track on one of the great debut albums of the 90s, Weezer. Just a phenomenal album, the Blue Album. Iconic record. Absolutely iconic You're yet LP. to play a Spice Girls track. Absolutely iconic. I've, I've sent a list to this dude, and I swear to God, there's been like... One, one song, song. on it. Well, you're very, you're very. Because I won't send it to you because you won't buy them. And a very era. Spe- I know you, 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 you. I'm not talking about. You play certain songs from certain eras, <laughs> but you don't go into different. You know, there were other genres. We've covered off quite a few genres. Yeah, in you this go. You, you like a bit of '90s dance. Yeah, we've done and that. And you like a bit of alternative fucking. Oh yeah, because yeah, because the fucking. Who? Well, it's a bittersweet sympathy, yeah. It's dance, dance or alternative. That's what you call one of the great albums of the 90s. See, I, I would argue that the Weezer Blue album is just as iconic as Urban Hymns. Stop it, uh, Sean, stop it. <laughs> See, this is, this is where you just don't get it. That, that album is... I get it, Sean! ...is legitimately an iconic record of the era. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I fucking don't know what it is. How old were you in the 90s, roughly? I went from being at a certain age, and then uh, this is going to shock you. Throughout the course of the decade, I aged 10 years. Yeah, I know. Fuck. How yeah. old were you at 1990? Two. <laughs> so by the end of it, you're 12. Yep. So you don't have life memories for it, which is fine. You so can't help do. where you're born. I, remember, I vividly remember watching the um, Buddy yeah, Holly, a diff- Buddy Holly uh, video. Yeah, but clip. it's different life memories than what we've got. 
Don't don't get angry. No, no. Because I've just exposed your complete no. blind, so- blind spot for some absolute fucking classics. You somehow think your bloody uh, Rick, six, Rick, Rick D as, I was as far six as years old. When that, when, that, when that album came out, I was yeah. six. Good on you. You've listened to it retrospectively. And you might like it because you like that type of music. In the 90s, and it had its moment in its certain genre, it's not a banger. It's not a banger of the 90s. People don't go, like, you've dissed Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses in the 90s, like, you haven't played a Pearl Jam song. You have no concept of what the, the early blue 90s albums, was. The Blue Album sold over 15 million copies song. worldwide. <laughs> oh, Casey Kasin over here. <laughs> <laughs> what about this? What about this? So the Blue Album sold over 15 million copies worldwide as of 2009. It received critical critical acclaim. And in 2020, Rolling Stone named it the 294th greatest album ever. Oh, the old 294, eh? <laughs> uh, you know, Dangerous was released in the 90s. Yeah. By Roxette. <laughs> no, the album by Michael Jackson. Yeah, and we might get there. This is the thing, Fab. We might get there. You've played no Madonna. You've played no Prince. How many? How many? Like quite seriously, though. Were most of, most of Madonna's real top shelf shit was in the eighties. No, she had some early nineties bangers. Vogue uh, is good. Express yourself is good. But would you agree? Most of her no, no, no. Prey, pretty good. Mo- <laughs> most of her was that nineties. Do you know who sold the most well, albums through the right. 90s? Might be 89. I reckon yeah. most of their top line, her top line stuff's the 80s. I'm not saying you have to go and listen to them in the car, this should, but Mariah Carey dominated the 90s. I'm um, here to tell you, there's <laughs> going to be no Mariah. <laughs> I'm not saying, but you're just throwing up. It's, it's very niche. It's very niche. It sold 15 million copies, the album that that song was on. Niche. For a niche grab. Yeah, 15 million niche. Yeah, 15 million is real niche. Well, 7 billion people on the planet. Yeah, yeah. How many of them got CD players? 89, like a prey. I would argue that most of Madonna's best stuff yeah, but I'm predates not, I'm not, the 90s playlist. That's, that, that's not, hold on. Michael Jackson's greatest album is Thriller. That was in the 80s. It doesn't mean Dangerous didn't exist. I didn't say it didn't. I'm just saying that we're not going to be playing anything from Thriller on the 90s playlist. No, I'm saying, but you're very... This is like the S.I. Morales. You don't fucking understand you've the played, parameters. You, no, you've played that very um, high school kind of... Punk alternative rock type. Because that was one of the genres of the 90s, fan. Yeah, but you've totally missed Pearl American Jam. alternative. No, but that's not, that doesn't fit <coughs> Early into that 90s grunge, you have not played a song. You've played No Smashing Pumpkins. That doesn't mean that they won't be played. We just need to win more games. <laughs> <laughs> We're running it around. You've lost the fucking plot, mate. All right. Play yeah. Dr. Jones by uh, what's his name? <laughs> we again? already did. <laughs> It's his favourite. Can't help it. That was just a. I don't know. Just the way it sounded on the end of an episode. Because bubblegum pop was a thing in the late nineties, and it was recognised as such. Weezer was a thing in the late, in the early sort of mid nineties. Had it clearly. Yeah, but a I don't mind run. it when you go with an alternative one. A bit of a mate, you know, rap existed. I don't think you've touched any of that. Run DMC. Right. He did that. Did we play? It's like that, did we? Yeah, yeah. but that is a Jason Nevins. Remix. Oh, so that's not good enough. Run for you, D- no, but Run DMC said we're dead. That's not good enough for you, is it? Moving the goalposts, old mate. You'd be fucking ripper at Auskick, just moving those goalposts. Just moving them out a bit further. Just moving them out. Why are all people who goal umpire at Auskick act like fools? Because they're idiots. No, they act like <laughs> they act like goal umpires from like the sixties. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No one does that. Yeah. They're idiots. A lot of them don't know football very well. <laughs> They're parents. That's, that's what they are. They're not idiots. But so, are you out there, listeners, if Weezer strikes a chord with you, yeah, you'll retweet the no, people no, no. who no, it'll stroke. Be, it'll, you. It will be interesting to see if how it's Weezer, if Weezer strikes a chord with you. If New Waters Regret, which is a magnificent song, 
strikes a chord with mm. you. Oh, but I'm not saying it's touch. not. So what are you arguing then? He's saying Bangladesh of the 90s. I'm not saying that's not a good song. So New Order and Nishi. Well, that's what he's saying. Wow, it's a big call. Very popular band. No, they are. They are. But you're not exactly playing one of their most mm. popular songs. Yeah. It's from the 90s. <laughs> I can't play Blue Monday. I can't play Temptation. I, I can't play point. Perfect Kiss. I take your point. Hold on. Let me look this up. I can't play Crystal. I can't play True Faith. I can't play well, 60 miles per hour, I don't think I can play. I think that's, that's from Substance. Uh, Wikipedia, when did this get released? When did what get released? 86. That's right. What song? <laughs> Bizarre Love Triangle. Yeah, yeah what, that was mate? definitely not in there. <laughs> what? Idiots. The that's the point. Me. Hold on. So you've just done your argument for Madonna applies to New Order. No, no, no. Don't throw New Order in here. No, no. Because no, Madonna's no. had bangers in the 90s no, no, too. Because you would say, you would say, play, oh, just play Madonna stuff. And my point is... You need more pop. Regret. Is what I'm, what I'm that is at. pop. That's not pop. <laughs> Fucking hell. Did you reckon New Order was ever played on Fox FM? It's not yes, pop. Probably. And, and, they were very popular. I'm not band. saying. No, no. New Order would never play on Fox FM. Timbo's given us the so, so, Timbo. so you're saying, so you're saying you, you have just said these words have just left your mouth. Yes. Fox FM yeah. would never have played a New Order song. Doubtful. You just went from no, they absolutely wouldn't have to doubtful. No, doubtful. Doubtful. When did they come into existence, Fox FM? Early eighties. Yeah, so what? They wouldn't have played Bizarre Love Triangle. No, nah, Foxy, that would have been on the AM dial back then, Timbo. We've had this discussion yeah. before. Move on. Yeah, Are we up to the you, SI Morales? No, we're up to chicken shits. Okay. Very, very. Hold slow. on, SI Morales, Timbo, you got a nomination yet? Yeah, that shit. Uh, <laughs> Fab, you got a nomination yet? Yeah, that shit. Well, we don't have to bury the lead because Caleb Marchbank will be the SI Morales this week. <laughs> Do we have an argument against that? Can Not you really. give the criteria around... I don't know which you were... What's the criteria of the S.I. Morales Memorial, <laughs> although, although, yeah, still, although still, still, still alive? alive. I, like how I, I tweeted it the other night and someone was like, that's not how you spell his name. I was like, yes, it is. E-S-A-I. <laughs> S.I. Morales. Um, the S.I. Morales is like a... You know what it is? It's like a sensation... It's not like a. It's not like a hard and fast. It's a sensation. It's not like a hard it's a and fast. It's a vibe. No, it's like a. It's like a gas, as Sean Locke once described. It's like a. You know, you can't. You rest can't, in peace. Rest in peace, Sean yes. Locke. He's dead. Yes. But you know, it's this thing where <laughs> carrot in a box. <laughs> that, that's one of the best things I've ever seen. But this whole thing with the SI Morales, which I think people lose, it's about who best exemplifies, not necessarily the best performance on the night. Yeah. Because. La Bamba is a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. And it's movie. full of terrible performances. And a lot of the time, S.I. Morales is in a different movie to the one that's being made. But at all times, he's captivating. He's still in the show. He's just front and centre. You can just see him and you're just thinking, I just want more of what this guy's giving me. It's not fantastic all the time, yep. but I'm willing to roll the dice. Because sometimes it is. He's kind of off-Broadway while being on-Broadway. He's sort of, yeah, like he's kind of like the fourth lead whilst also being the primary uh, So basically what, how we've interpreted that is you can't give it to Sam Walsh because that's an obvious thing. You expect Sam Correct. Walsh to do what he's done. Yeah, you can't give it to Sam so Walsh. So we've nominated people who we think fit that criteria and you've just gone, nah, 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 nah. Because I think a lot of the time you just scratch the surface of it. You know, yeah. you're not thinking about it deeply enough. I think I think this week do I you can't deep dive so much. I, I always try and think really off Broadway and a guy that's really performed well when you wouldn't necessarily have looked for it, which is kind of different because you're still saying 
you've stolen the show. Mm. I think with Marchbank this week, it's actually more of, you know what it is? It's kind of like when Russell Crowe won the Oscar and you're sort of like, you probably could have won it. It's more for a body of work. Yeah, yep. You know, you probably could have won it for The Insider. Yep. But we didn't give it to you for that. We gave it to Kevin Spacey for American Beauty, I think. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. So we'll make up for it. And then that's what I think we've no, done here. Marchbank's been out for so Gladiator long. Gladiator was phenomenal. He's overcome so much that I think that he is just a... I, I would yeah, be we'll stuck. give it to him because we all love him. Yeah. And the question is, with the S.I. Morales Memorial Bust the Nut Trophy, it's, who do you love? <laughs> well, this week it's Machi. Um, chicken shits briefly. We'll go over these. On uh, the new board, you've got to have that sound bite. The who do you love? I'm going to have more. I'm going to have like so many. We can The new board, I'm really excited. Are you going to bring back the, bring back the referee whistle? <laughs> no, see, oh, I've made a list. Because on this one, it's a bit tricky with the, with the soundboard banks. But on the new one, you can have more options. You can actually maintain like so many more. I think there's like 64 Wow-wee. spaces. Oh, we won't even have to talk. It'll just be <laughs> soundboards. So what you can do is like, we'll be able to bring them all back. We'll be able to bring the whistle. We'll be able to bring back um, the man. We'll be able yep. to bring back Weedering will be always on it. Raul. Yep. Um, we'll be able to bring back. Uh, what's the, I made a list of them actually. Just bear with me while I bring up my list. Let's. Um, why don't we bring back the chin? Uh, no, no, we won't be bringing back the chin. I think. I, hopefully, <laughs> I, I was going to say what's the chin, but now I know what you're talking hopefully about. Hopefully, I hopefully I deleted the chin. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the, I don't think we did anything wrong with the chin. Line ball. <laughs> Correct. Exactly right. Uh, Bill Laurie got him. That's another one we'll get uh, back. Yes. So I'm yes, looking yes. forward to it. Uh, so chicken shits, we'll go over these really, really briefly. Adam Chera's hamstring tightness have to be in doubt for this week, sadly. But I'll wait and see. Looked like he got it early. I was going to say, did, at the ground, did you see when he did it? it? Was like, no, as I say, not literally early in the game. I, what I mean, sorry, is it looks like he identified it early. And yes. went, oh, that's tight. Yeah, yeah. Was, that, was there, there an was incident a or was it just... No, like no, because I was trying to watch it again this morning, but there was... Um, I was like five minutes in. Well, mm. probably a little bit later because there was a tackle where he got brought to ground and he reckoned he had his hands, arms pinned. And when they said he went off, because I looked at it and I thought, eh, you could almost pay a... Uh, dangerous what, tackle. Yeah, dangerous tackle. Um, but he got up and he seemed to be okay. But every now and again, there's a few guys that have had that and then all of a sudden they've gone off because somebody's looked at the replay. And I mm. assumed it must have been that. Because there was nothing else obvious, but exactly yeah. as you say, if he's running around and he's going, I feel like I'm a bit tight and I can't really... Because he didn't look like he. I saw him sprint at all. He mm. ran and he covered ground, but he was never really pinging towards the ball. And maybe that was just circumstance, but he just... The positive is, it's not a tear He hasn't strain, drawn it, no. So it's like he's got it quickly and they've obviously... Yep. Er on it was the very caution. cold. Well, this is true. Well, you were... It's just, it's just frustrating. Were you, when, were you just in the, your living room? I was. What was the temperature in your living room? 21? 22. Yeah, at the ground it was about 7. <laughs> it feels cold. like. Um, what did it feel like? That's the temperature. Four and a half. <laughs> it was pretty cold. Uh, fitness. And this isn't a knock on Russell as such, but we looked a bit leggy a long way from home. Maybe it was just the night, the conditions. Coming um, off a bio as well, maybe. But we just, just from about the 15 minute of the third, we sort of went into Alamo mode. And it was a bit sort of like, geez, we just don't have the legs here. It just seemed... I just... Throughout the whole second Alamo half, mode. I, I, like yeah. that. I, I just felt <laughs> just, like just we defend. were yeah, correct. I was just, I felt like we were getting the ball, and we always talked about you know when you're in that fifty percent advantage, and then just the next handball gets there's a touch on it, or it just gets battered down, or a kick gets smothered, and it, I just felt there was so often where we've gone, 
we have advantage briefly, mm. didn't ram it home, didn't yeah. ram it home, didn't ram it home. And it just. But when they, we got it to work, our transition football looked Oh, it was magnificent. Beautiful. And maybe it was they were aware that we liked to forward handball and maybe they were ready for it and they defended it well. Maybe we should give them more credit. But it just felt like we, we had them, they were lambs to the slaughter and we didn't quite nail them. Because they're know, shit. Yeah. Anyway. Very true. Uh, it is time for... You've got mail. So is tomorrow like a double load on the mail? Is it like is it coming off a long weekend? Is it always... Yeah, because you're doing Monday's mail and Tuesday's mail. But people wouldn't have sent any mail. Or Today. I'm saying well, businesses wouldn't have sent mail. They might have sent it. Well, it doesn't matter because their mail from Friday is still in the system. Hmm. I'm saying then, but later on, you'll get that flow-on effect that... Yeah, you'll have a busy couple of days and you'll have a quiet no, day. No, it's more on it's Wednesday. more just it's more just tomorrow will be potentially bigger because there's you're doing the mail that you didn't do on Monday, which is the mail that was sent on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, and you're also doing the Tuesday mail that's come through the system. It's disappointing that of the which election you think there might be less. The election's over, so Sean's not really. Oh, I, like, I like the Tim. I those. like the Tim. Not only is he a doctor, he's just he's just a postman has just told him, yeah, this is how it works, and he goes, I think there'll be less. <laughs> <laughs> just going, well... <laughs> Postmaster General. Yeah, the, the Postmaster <laughs> General, Tim Davis. I've just said, I've just explained, you know, what we're probably looking at this week, having having worked through this for several years now. And I, I just loved how nonchalant the delivery was. I think there'll be less. You go, okay, well... It's the best, you're the best. <laughs> I'm, I'm comfortable with the assertion. <laughs> I will stand by it. Uh, we up to chicken shits? We've done chicken shits. Good. What are we up to? We just played the mailbox stick. Oh yeah, sorry. Jeez, yeah. it's it's long weekend. It's a long episode. Uh, Dom in uh, sorry, Dom in the den. Which backline do you think can handle us when Pito is back and PDK <coughs> is resting down forward? Um, it it certainly creates an issue. It certainly creates a question for us: is are we too tall? Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes it hard because at the moment there is a bit of a dearth in quality tall defenders, let alone teams that have multiple. Saints have a few. Do you love yourself some well, no, no, but they, oh No, I'm just trying to answer the question. Like, hmm. They've got Dougal Howard, they've got Callum Wilkie, they've got Josh Battle. Like, that's three good tall defenders. They need Josh Battle. Oh, shit. I was thinking, how is he going to work yeah. Josh in today? No, no, no. But yeah, but they're not They're not, they're not elite. No, yeah, but so they're the, tall. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Garth McLaughlin, what aspect of our game leaves us most vulnerable to Richmond? And are there any personnel changes that could partly address it? It's probably if, if Lynch plays. And it, what does Bolzer I reckon do? it's more what Timbo said before, the Soldo. Soldo Nankervis, double. We got well beaten in the ruck, well beaten by um by Essendon by the um, yeah. by the and, and, and and round one <laughs> the Arsenal. Um, <laughs> we had Pitnet and De Koning in round one. Yep. when we beat those two, um, and as as we sort of said, Prestia then got injured and they really battled for contested ball. So it, it'll be to revisit that this week. And whether they will try and go two again, knowing that they're not up against much. I mean, it worked against Port, but they weren't to know at the time that Sam Hayes was going to get dropped. So what they'll do, knowing that they're going up against um, De Koning and Silvani, I, I could see them dropping Soldo because I don't think they. I don't think they. Do they want to ram home the advantage? I think they have enough of an advantage, though. Like I would back Nankervis has been. Pretty much BOG against us a couple of times where he's exposed us, even when we had like Cruiser playing. Yeah, but to have no relief, like I know Nan Curves, he's going to ruck eighty percent of the game. Yeah, but it I gives us they just ruck Bolter. 
Well, and this is the thing: is is do they and 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 if you've got height at both ends of the ground, and we are sort of you know battling a little bit for personnel, I, I reckon you don't put another ruckman in. You just you just utilise mm. structure briefly to give Nank the the break and go that way. That that's what I would do. But mm. as you mm. say, do they really think they have a strong advantage? Who knows? Rise again. Is finishing fifth and having a home final are preferable to fourth and travelling? No, fuck it. I'd take on anybody. I sp- if Melbourne finish, I think Melbourne will finish top. Play them at the MCG. Play them at the MCG. Fuck, I'd love that. They'd have eight people rock up. I'd love that. What have we got here? Creative Grit. What is the better Carlton midfield? Murph, Judd, Gibbs, Curdo, Cruiser, or Cripps, Walsh, Hewitt, Kennedy, Chera? Well, the second one doesn't have a ruckman. Correct. Chera is rucking in that option. I mean, I get where you're going. No, the first one. The first one. The first one's classier. The the second one seems to have a lot more system and grunt and. Well, that's Judd Murphy Gibbs is ridiculous. It's crazy. Jesus, come on! If you put that with a bit of system around it. It's pretty good. You could do good things with, yeah. Uh, but that, that midfield, the issue, I suppose, You're there one was... One of the greatest players of all time. It, it didn't quite have the depth... Correct. Uh, ...below it. Yeah. Um, what have we got? Trying to find one. Uh, your mate, Adrian Salerno. Yay. <laughs> I can do it. I learn. <laughs> I would never tell you to add this in your 90s banger list. Never would I request that you add this one. He's also tagged you in. Uh, flagpole sit-up by Harvey Danger. Look, unfortunately, Adrian, um, Fabian's outlawing any... That kind of genre of music, he reckons. No, no, no. It's just he reckons he it's been overrepresented. Overrepresented, yes. And I mean, look, Harvey Danger clearly haven't sold the number of albums that the bands he regards as niche no. um, in Weezer and uh, and New Order. So I mean, they would clearly be. You've upset him. They would. They would clearly be. You know, out of place. Small wins, on this, Tim. On the this small point. wins. No, I've just absolutely annihilated you and your nonsense. No, no, no. He just wants the Spice Girls. Give the man what he wants. That and a little bit of Mariah Carey. I think, I you haven't played. You haven't played Matchbox Twenty. I reckon the Spice Girls are a bit niche. I reckon they're a bit niche. Yeah, Tim. No. <laughs> what for half the population? He wants to. He wants Michael Jackson. He wants one of the biggest recording you acts. You haven't of played all the time. Smashing Pumpkins. He yet. wants one of the biggest recording acts of all time. Yeah, because they're bangers. Yeah, unfortunately, Flagpole City just doesn't tick enough of the boxes with old mate uh, Fab Ganoush. Just not big enough, not big enough band, sadly. And the fact that you've requested it means it'll never <laughs> it's be It's now played. off the list. <laughs> um, because why, Sean? Well, DJ requests. You once go. you start listening to people, once you know you lose control. What about Shania Twain, Timbo? Oh, that Jesus. don't impress me much. Yeah. <sighs> See, again, again, you guys... She came in, she was a bit too... She flourished late. Shania, so she wasn't around for too long, but gosh, a very attractive woman. This she is, is a, see, yeah. this is what you guys don't understand. You don't understand what list I'm working with. I've got lots of tracks on this list. You could have played Bizarre Love Triangle, Frente's version. That was in the nineties. Whose version? Frente. Frente. They oh. played a song. They had a song called Accidentally Kelly Street. They did so. Was that in the nineties? What about Apple Eyes by Swoop? You haven't played that. That's a nineties banger. <laughs> <laughs> Never to see the light of day. I don't understand songs. why you're asking me to play an inferior cover of a song that is not a '90s song. It's actually a good cover. No, but the cover is a '90s song. That's the point. Yeah, but the song itself isn't. Well, a so 90s the original song. doesn't qualify, but the cover does. Yeah, that's but that doesn't. That's that doesn't make it a '90s banger. Um, <laughs> we're looking for another one. Uh, Ewan Morton, can Voss, et cetera, develop the park, the bus game plan, a plan B, so that we can continue to score, albeit not um, at plan A, 
speed or levels. Yeah, okay, I get you. Continue to score, but not at plan A speed or levels. Well, in fairness, I think we did have chances mm. to score in the last quarter. Yeah, that's right. We, we did have chances, but it was a bit sloppy. It was a bit wet, tired, didn't quite come off on a few but occasions. Th- and to answer it, it looks like we can park the bus. Yeah. Absolutely can. We can play a style that keeps the ball the in Mourinho. play. And, yeah. Yep. Um, but, 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 we've got Darren Hodge and Beast Mode Crips had a little discussion here. How have the Bulldogs let Lewis Young go? Um, does Cottrell deserve a promotion at Woolworths? I think that's a, a reference to us saying he's not doing night fill oh. in terms of him putting in a shift. Uh, and then Darren said, the Lewis Young question is just Bevo never saw the best of him as a key defender because he played him as a ruckman and he must not have rated what he was doing in the VFL. Didn't put up a fight, was happy to part with him. The hardest thing with Lewis Young that I battled to get my head around and and I'll put my hand up and say I've had a little bit of a love affair with Tim English and I actually always thought we should have recruited him. Maybe, was he the, was that the, um, the Sam Petrovsky seat in year? Who's that? Tim English. In the draft? Yeah. I have no idea. Because I reckon we picked ahead of it and... I just said... Well, yeah, Samo was picked six or something. Yeah, so it may be the same year, but I always just thought, get English in. We don't need a Ruckman now, but we will need one later. And Ruckman take time. Pick him, stash him. He doesn't make you any better, so if we're a bottom four side, bottom five side, whatever we were, you're not improving, so you're still going to be down the bottom and you can continue to add more draft picks, but a good Ruckman comes along so infrequently, just take him, is what I always thought. Anyway... English, they refused to ruck last yep, year. same I, draft. I, I, I don't know why. Pick 19. He went 19, did he? Tim English did, yeah. Wowee. I suppose that that's It's, it's McGrath, Taranto, McCluggage, and then Setterfield went at five. Because we bid on him, yeah. Who went yeah. at four? And ben Ainsworth. It's that bloke up the Gold Coast. Yeah, the guy that you just ruthlessly potted a few weeks ago. Because oh, I'm a fan of him. I always thought oh, he was going to be good, and he, he just, just hasn't made the it. The kid was just minding his own business, he and you was. just you went yeah. for him. Sorry, Ben. Sorry, um, Ben's family. I think that, the, that um, speaks to just a thing with Ruckman, where a lot of teams probably don't. Because even Brody Grundy was a mid or late first 19, rounder. Yeah, yeah. So. And he was always pumped up as being a gun. I, I think teams probably think it's... I'm sure there's a comparison at NFL level where they just think, if, this, if a guy in this position is any good... We'll get him later. Just get him in for It's a agency. very good first round. Well, it was a very even first round. McGrath, Taranta, McCluggage, Ainsworth, Setterfield, SPS, Scrimshaw, Logue, Brody, Bowes, Florence, Simkin, yeah. Daniel Venables, Premiership player, though he's not yes, with his much. concussion. I mean, yeah. not, uh, Perryman, not a, Jordan Gallucci. There's not a lot of. Todd Marshall, Jared Berry, Sam Powell, Pepper, yeah. Tim yeah. There's not a lot of huge, like, unbelievable star power in there. Very good players. Yeah, yeah. but the players who are now coming into yeah, yeah, yeah. their own. Um, McCluggy should be an all-show. And, and it's the old, you, first rounder should be a 200-game player. A lot of them absolutely will, will be. be. Yeah. Will there be many legends of the AFL? Probably not. But, you know. Dub D, uh, is it fair to say that most of what Lloyd is responsible for in his role is going along very nicely? Sayers was shrewd enough to keep this guy in place and change the parts around him. Not bad for a, quote, rudderless club, as many in the media have called us or did call us at the time. I think that, look, again... I say this a lot. We spoke about it at the time that maybe the rationale was he was being stepped on, uh, he was being lent on by a little or anyone above him, which was, you know, suffocating mm. him and his ability to do the job. Yeah. And yeah. the the decision was made to give him a run at it. Yeah. Without that, which again in hindsight is fair enough. If that was the reason or the rationale that they came to, that they thought that that's why he was perhaps not performing 
at a level that he already, you know, um, had reached his ceiling as such, then that's just good decision making. Yeah. yeah. Um, excellent questions. Hey, Timber, just to get you excited, who went at pick 39 in the second round? Josh Battle. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that, but Sean was obviously Sean, Sean was on all over it. It's time to close the show. A bit of Johnny Raincloud. <laughs> I have a Johnny Raincloud, of course, because well, I am. Is this, uh, what what grinds my gears? Because I am Johnny Raincloud. All right, um, I got one after. Were two. You, call, you were called Johnny Raincloud this week, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Often. Yeah, someone because of the Harry and and Marchie stuff, and again, like no one's saying I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't saying that. Oh, they're going to redo an injury or something. Yeah. It was should like, we be concerned? So it's like, should we be concerned? Are they fit to play? Yeah. You know, fucking. Hopefully, if they are, that's great. Yeah. Um, my Johnny Raincloud, and it it was evident at the football on Friday night. I get that the MCG is uh, having staffing issues at the moment, and Eddie adds the same and, and all that. Are. Just hire staff. Like it's not difficult. No, Tim, Sean, I told you. And I'll, okay, I'll say it on pod. You can't keep paying people. No. Oh, I've tested positive to COVID. I'll stay home and get fucking paid and whatever. No, it's over now. It's it. It's over. You got sick leave. And if you're a casual employee, bad luck. That's why you get paid a little bit extra. Move on. Move on. I agree. So people waiting in line at these food vendors at the football, it's one of my biggest bugbears. Huge lines out the door, all snaking all the way down the concourse to get a pie or a sausage roll or a bucket of chips or something. Mm. If what you want is in the fucking Bain-Marie thing, walk in and take it. If, if you want a pie and there are 60 pies sitting there, just walk in, take it and walk out. Don't stand in the queue for... Pay for it on your way out. <laughs> yeah. Don't stand in the queue for 15 fucking minutes because two people at the front are waiting for a chicken and chips. Yeah, that's right. It just it does my head in. But people are idiots. They're idiots and it's like... If what you want is ready to go, sitting in the... Just go get it and leave. Yeah. Go get it, pay for it, walk out. They should have a place. section for idiot people to move to the side. Idiot just wait. If, what you're <laughs> wait. if you're waiting for someone, something, yeah, wait here. Because all you're doing is jamming up the queue, which means I actually, I went, oh, I'm not fucking standing yeah, but Do you know that. what, Sean? I will say this. There'll be idiots who get angry if you push down and say, I just got to grab a pie. Yeah. No, no, I'm here. I'm here. You go, what do you want? Is something that is what you want there? Because you've got the, you got the vendors, you've got the staff. Because all you got to do is say, hey, mate... Chuck us a pie, I'll get out of everybody's way. I don't, 100%. I don't need to be served. You can queue for whatever you're queuing for. Just chuck us the pie, I'm on my way. This is, I just, and when you've got, what annoys me more is you've got, you've got like the staff standing at the tills, just yeah. standing there. Yeah, and you've yeah, got yeah. a huge queue of people and you're like, 80% of this queue wants something that's there. Yeah. They, they can see. But they're dumb, you're right. But they're dumb yeah. and they don't want to take it. It yeah. fucking does my head in. What were you in line for? No, I didn't get in the line because I was thinking, oh, I want a pie. He was looking at them and yeah. laughing. I feel, I feel I like think, a vegetable pie. I was thinking yeah. about a pie, and I just went, oh, because someone would, some Essendon cocksucker would like, <laughs> lose their mind because I've got and taken one of the 40 pies yeah, sitting that's there. That's just getting um, cold. How did Leslie take the loss? Not well. She was a bit snaky. Really? Yep. She thought but we what got did a, she expect? She thought we got a good go with the umpires. She wasn't happy. We, they were undisciplined. How, how, was Keith, how does Keithy approach this? Cause oh, I just, oh, oh, look, gives her a space. <laughs> he, well, he's got to live with her, so. Where, yeah, look, to be honest <laughs> with you, I, she always thought that I get snaky if, like, Carlton lose to Essendon. I said, yeah, but not at you. Yeah, that's right. Like, it's not at you. Go, well, go, like, said, I think you underestimate. Go, remember the when, influence I, I said, have. I said, no, go, remember when, Essendon's skeleton VFL team beat us. Yeah, that's right. I said, that's about as embarrassed as I've ever been. Yeah. Didn't be a Anthony fan. Long have a great 
game oh, that day. It was or just like, like it. it was about as embarrassed as I've ever been. Yeah. Being a Carlton fan, it was unbelievable. And we knew it was going to happen too. That yeah. was the worst thing. Oh, just Are your sisters Essendon supporters or Carlton supporters? No, I don't really. Aaron's ne- neither of them give a shit. Yeah, like Claire doesn't care, and Aaron's probably more Saints because of Ben. Okay. Yeah. What's your Johnny Raincloud, uh, Timbo? When you got a multi going, <laughs> and the fucking horse that is a the mortadella dead set, dead set mortadella. certainty, oh. and and it misses the start, and and <laughs> but misses the start. Still in the and game. then still behind them, and then it weaves its way through the field, and it charges late, and it just gets beaten. And you're going, you get anywhere near the kick, and y- you win by five. What so, was the horse's name? Naj Marty was paying two eighty in the final race up at Eagle Farm on Saturday, and it had the race shot to pieces in the gate before they even started. This sounds like a classic Tim story. Just like you know, remember when he. He tipped a horse that had been scratched. Oh, jeez. And, it's, it's and like, it won two days later. Yeah, but this is didn't. a classic. <laughs> it's like the horse had the race won before it was run. Reminds <laughs> me, the greatest ending of the pod, not yeah. musically, yeah, no, I know. was the go. tale of Sacred Captain. Oh, the Sacred Captain, yeah. Have I told you I bought a horse? No. I've bought a horse. I, I own 2% of a horse, oh, as no. does Adam Kingsley. So... Jesus. This thing's just got broken in in the last week, so we'll provide updates uh, on what's the podcast. What's its name? Uh, I don't know if it's formally been named yet, but it's by Vancouver out of Sovereign Eminence. It's been trained by Bjorn oh. Baker up in Bjorn Borg. He's <laughs> <Just> training it. <laughs> wow. It's going to be good on the grass. But but uh, a good story. Can it run on clay? <laughs> may not need to. Five times yet. <laughs> it's got a headband. Yeah. Um, <laughs> races with the headband. So I, I, uh. I, I backed a horse... Weekend before last in the Queensland Oaks called Gypsy Goddess. Gypsy Good uh, bloodlines as well, uh, Vancouver and uh, Sovereign Eminence. Theodore or whatever Eminence. its name was. <laughs> um, Gypsy Goddess won the, won the Oaks. I thought it was a dead set moral. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was better than all the other horses. It drew barrier 22 and still That's got up wide. and won. So we were happy with that. So I, ha- I backed it on its own. I then had a double mm-hmm. with Gypsy Goddess to win into a horse called She's a Belter who ran the JJ Atkins Group 1 race on the weekend and Good field. got up and won. So uh, tidy little collect there. And the I, I had a separate bet, which was a three-leg multi, which is Gypsy Goddess, She's a Belter, and we've got Brooklyn Hustle oh. to run in two weeks' time in the Tats Tiara, which if, oh. if it gets up and the, 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 the third leg of the three-leg multi gets up, we are. I wouldn't say we're swimming in cash, but uh, a little bit, a bit of a bit of a pon- bit of a pondage action. So I'm uh, waiting for the rain cloud pass. This is all good news. No, no, no. Well, I'm saying Nash Marty oh. missing the start was the rain cloud, oh. but just as a buy, you know, as Marty Rice. Yeah. But, so anyway, anyone that's wanting to listen, Brooklyn Hustle ran a very nice sixth in the Stradbroke on the weekend. Is there such a thing? A, ve- <laughs> a really nice sixth. Well, it, it, drew, <laughs> it drew it drew twenty two as well. So it ran a really spectacular twelfth. Well. How's our girl going, Timbo? Give me an update on our girl. She's in France. So she's, uh, there was a bit of... Holiday? No, no, there was a bit of issues with some of the owners and they didn't agree with the direction that they were going and I think the original owners... Winning? Yeah, (laughs) well, I think the original owners might have sold out of her, I'm not 100%, but uh, they've elected to take her to France and she's going to run in the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe, which, depending on how you're aligned, (laughs) is regarded as one of the... Biggest races in the I world. I do know that the Arc, the Arc is one of the, the premier Arc, yes. horse races. So it, they usually run it in about, 
Octoberish, maybe. There was a horse. There was a horse. This was Mister Ed. But but so she won't be part of the spring carnival, unfortunately. But it's a loss to the Nuggets because she's a staple. She was. I don't even know which horse this is. Oh, very elegant. Of course. Two R's. Was our girls. Two E's, two L's, two E's. Just doubles everywhere. Yeah, two R's, two L's, two E's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What a mare. Give, give us some of your words. I love when you start going. Dead five. There's <laughs> Rayleigh. Stewart's inquiry. So, yeah, Brooklyn Hustle, two weeks. Tats Tiara, if she draws a barrier, get on her. There you go. All it's right. a nugget. It's a nugget. Amongst the Johnny Rainclair. I've legitimately already forgotten the horse's name. Tats Tiara. Uh, no. That's the race. That's the race. Brooklyn Hustle. Brooklyn Hustle. Brooklyn Hustle. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. You don't have a Johnny Rainclair? No, I'm, I'm happy as Larry. Okay. Happy birthday to uh, Sammy Walsh. My Sammy Walsh um, and my mother-in-law, born on the same day. There you go. There we go. Wonderful stuff. All right, that episode was too long. If you've got to the end, congratulations. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll be we back to do it all again next week. Hopefully, Hopefully with a win. Hopefully with a win. Um, for Tim Davis. Always a pleasure, Sean. For Faber Gadoosh. Out of that, Chiragazzi. And for me, goodbye. We'll see you next time.